When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sit in Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. We need law and order back in our suburbs. People are threatened there. We need it in our rural areas. People feel threatened there. And we need it in Washington, D.C. also. And Donald Trump should be here to answer for that, but he's not. And I want to look in that camera right now and tell you, Donald, I know you're watching. You can't help yourself. I know you're watching. Okay? And you're not here tonight. Not because of polls and not because of your indictments. You're not here tonight because you're afraid of being on the stage and yeah, right. defending your record. He's afraid you're of you fats always up 60 points, you, you fat happen. prick. You keep doing that, no one up here is going to call you Donald Trump anymore. We're going to call you Donald Duck. Blame. While that potential government shutdown plays out, House Republicans are getting ready to open an impeachment inquiry of President Biden. The GOP-controlled House Oversight Committee will hold its first public hearing on the impeachment inquiry into President Biden. Now, committee leaders say they expect it to cover constitutional legal questions surrounding allegations of President Biden's involvement in his son Hunter's overseas business dealings. Texas Republican Governor Greg Abbott on 77 WBC's Catherine Cosby program says New York City's handling of the migrant crisis is minuscule compared to other cities and towns across the country. Eagle Pass, Texas has a population of 28,000 people. In one day, they had about 10,000 people be dumped off in Eagle Pass, Texas. One third of the population were illegal migrants. Senator Bob Menendez, along with his wife Nadine and two co-defendants, pled not guilty to a three-count indictment alleging the couple was part of a bribery scheme. Some of the conditions for the release of Senator Bob Menendez, he has a $100,000 bond, he has to surrender his personal passport, can still have his official passport, but any foreign travel has to be for business only, and he has to let pretrial services know. He's not supposed to have any contact with any co-defendants or witnesses in the case other than his wife. He cannot have contact with any foreign relations staff who may have knowledge of facts of the case. Of course, he has stepped down from chairmanship of that committee. Dear Sid, my name is Angela. I'm a friend of Andrea and uh, Gus. I listen to you every morning at 6 o'clock. i Republican. I was addicted way back with travel date with Hillary Clinton. I'd like to tell you I admire you because I think Donald Trump has been crucified. But no matter what they do to him, he's got God on his side. But I want to call something to your attention. Please, Sid, the man that's behind all this is Barack Obama. My last complaint is I like Bill O'Reilly. Tell him to knock it off about Donald Trump going and apologize or whatever. They crucified that man. And I wish you peace, health, happiness to your family, and thank you. But please, 
Beware of this man, Barack Obama. He hates America. I listen to you on the way in here, meaning, you know, I turned it on on ABC streaming. It's very exciting. You have a very natural flow. You keep it moving, you know, even oh with God. all the ads in between, you can still hear it. And you got a nice voice. You got a, a, an on air presence that comes across it. And I know why you're successful. I mean, you relate to the audience and they hear you. Summer has come and passed. The innocent can never last. Wake me up when September ends. Like my father's come to pass. Seven years has gone so fast. Wake me up when September ends. Here comes the rain again, falling from the stars, drenched in my pain again, becoming. But never forgets what I lost. Wake me up when September ends. There is a part of me that's a little surprised that I actually asked Lou Rapino to play this this morning. This was uh, one of my picks. When you consider what an America-hating scumbag Billy Joe Armstrong is, the lead singer of this group, Green Day, who said not that long ago, I would never come to America. It's basically a cesspool. He's right, but... You're just not allowed to say that unless you live here. It's kind of like Chris Rock can say the N-word, and I can make fun of the Jews, and only Americans can say bad things about Americans, not Billy Joel's. Huh? But, um... Well, he's made a lot of money here. He's done a... a he's done pretty well. <laughs> exactly. So he should show some appreciation. And shut up. It's a great song, though, and September is about to end. I know that because my beautiful wife, Danielle, celebrated another birthday yesterday. Thank God for that. And being that she was born on September the 27th, I know that right after her birthday, we're about to say goodbye to September. Still a couple of days left. I guess the first day of October is actually, is it Sunday? Or Sunday. Su- Sunday, okay. So wake me up when September ends. Well, wake me up, baby. September is about to end. That open was great. All the big stories are in there, obviously. They're going to start those impeachment inquiry hearings today, the House Kevin McCarthy, the whole crew, that uh, that gets going today. Bob Menendez, <laughs> I mean, he's finished. Him and his wife, they are finished. He can yell and scream, I'm innocent, all he wants. He's about as innocent as uh, as O.J. Stupid, fat Chris Christie with the lamest moment of the night calling my friend Donald Trump Donald Duck. And let me be completely transparent with this audience. Throughout today's program, I will play some of that audio from that 
second GOP debate at the Ronald Reagan Library in Simi Valley, California from last night. But to be completely honest, I didn't watch one second, not one second. And you know why? Because it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I really don't believe anybody on that stage is going to be Donald Trump's running mate. I really don't. Enough with Vivek. Enough. God, I read this stuff online. You folks love him. He's the skeeviest, greasiest. I look at this guy. I need to shower. And his hair looks stupid last night. And I just saw that because I saw the clips this morning. But this love affair with Vivek, I'm not one of them, folks. Sorry. Christie's fat and stupid. Nikki Haley is just angry. Smart lady. Very, but she's just angry. Like, hey, look at me. I'm a woman. I'm smarter than all of you. <laughs> Pence is a waste of time. DeSantis was sweating all night like Marco Rubio was a couple of years ago grabbing the bottle of water. It was just a complete S show. So I, I missed it and I'll uh, play the audio, but who cares? The third GOTP debate, I should say, is coming up, folks, just so you know. If you watch this waste of time, and that's all it is, a waste of time, November 8th in Miami. If Donald Trump is not there, okay, if Donald Trump is not there, it's a complete waste of time. Bottom line. Okay, so uh, that's the uh, that was in the uh, the open to those, Chris Christie. All these uh, news stories. The very end of the open, well, this is almost becoming a daily thing now. When somebody very famous or beloved, whether it's Kelly Ripper, even Donald Trump, unprovoked, calling me number one Sid. But yesterday we had Michael Savage on the show, and I loved him. I know Michael is very difficult to deal with. I knew that before Cumulus. I worked at a station down in Fort Lauderdale, 850. You remember that station, Noam, because you were also friendly with Joyce Kaupman, and that was the station where I got to meet Geraldo Rivera, and Geraldo and uh, Marty were very, very nice to me. They kind of paved the way well, for me to replace Geraldo. Wait, wait a second. Uh, yeah, yeah. I was I was the reason you you took over for Geraldo. Let me just say this to you for yeah. one second, okay? I, you know, you came on my show. I did the 5 o'clock show yeah. from Florida for a week. Right. And you came up to me and you introduced yourself and uh, yeah. you said, you know, do you mind if I do the sports on your show? I'd love yeah. to be heard back in New York. Yeah. And I instantly liked you. I said, of course. Right. Yeah. And then I went to Geraldo. I said, you got to have this guy on our show doing sports. <laughs> we were a national show. At this guy. Right. Yeah. <laughs> now, let me. Uh... And he started bringing you on. He said, you're right. right. You're great. And then all of a sudden, months later, you're on back on WABC. So I think I might be the reason you're, you were back at WABC. You know what's funny? When when people start to work with me, right. I mean this sincerely, they start to sound like me. And they start to take credit for things that they absolutely don't deserve any credit for. Like, I've done that a million times. Like, to be honest, uh, some of that is true. You did get me doing sports updates, and that helped me quite a bit. I'm not going to lie. Thank you for that. But it wasn't this guy because I got to know Geraldo because Steve Lapa, who now is Chris Ruddy's right-hand man, he was running the stations, both of them, my station, 640 Sports in Pompano, and 850, the political station in Fort Lauderdale. And he said, listen, Joyce um, Joyce is going to have Geraldo here. Before I even met you, Joyce is going to have Geraldo here, and uh, he's going to bring in some bagels, him and uh, some guy, Marty, and you should get to know him because 
I think you guys would be great together. And so that night in Fort Lauderdale, well before your sports discussion, I'm not to break your bubble here, but uh, it turned out we had this huge dinner at a very popular restaurant in Las Olas in Fort Lauderdale. And at that dinner was Geraldo Rivera, Marty Berman, is that his name, Noam? That's right. Uh, Ann Coulter, the very famous attorney, Jose Baez, Sid Rosenberg, and all these folks. And so, at that point, already Geraldo and I started to develop what I would call a premature friendship. And you came along later and, and certainly helped me and made it even a, a, a stronger relationship. But for you to take credit for anything is absolutely delusional. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think you're forgetting a, just a vital point in this process. And what is that? I, I pushed you forward on his national show, and yeah. that was, you know... No, that I, was big. That was big. Yeah, that was big. And then all of a sudden, you were there. You were back. I was back. Uh, not because of that, but because Geraldo Rivera got no ratings and wanted a lot of money. <laughs> that, <laughs> yeah. that might have something to do with kind that, of left that part out yeah. when, right, when Mary Berner and Chad Lopez sat down and said, he wants a million dollars, he gets a 0.0, 0. Right. and he can't sell. Otherwise, hey. Right. But otherwise, you're all over it, Noam. Yeah. I, I think, actually, on a serious note, so I'm working at 640 Sports, and my station goes bankrupt. This is a true story. I did not receive a paycheck for the better part of three months, not a penny. It was one of the most difficult times in my marriage because Danielle, she was right. I wasn't bringing in any money. But I was still going to work every day because the owners of the station promised that eventually, when they got out of it, they would pay everything back retro. And and I had no other opportunities. I was kind of banished from New York still at that point. So I kept going to work every day for three months, three months without getting paid. And so the Super Bowl was happening. And that year, the Super Bowl was in New Jersey. You remember this? A couple yeah, of years ago. Of course. The Denver Broncos and the Seattle Seahawks. Peyton Manning and Russell Wilson. It was 70 degrees and raining on that night. And I came to New York, and I had to pay my own airfare, pay my hotel room because I wasn't getting paid. Luckily, Mark Malusis working at WFAN, actually gave me his gig with Sean Landetta. What is that casino out by Aqueduct? Uh, what is it called? Um, uh, I know what you're talking It's a very popular about. company. Yeah. They're, they're all over the world. The, the Bahamas. Resorts World. Resorts That's World. That's it. Resorts World. Yeah. So they were doing a, a pregame Super Bowl show, which Landetta and Malusis did every Sunday from there. But Malusis had another responsibility, so he gave me the gig, and they paid me like two grand. But otherwise, I wasn't making a penny. Not a penny, but I do remember that Geraldo and I were both on Radio Row about the same time at the Sheraton Hotel. Oh, I remember that, yeah. Yeah, and uh, you walked over to me. In fact, I was talking to Linda Cohen from ESPN at the time, and you said, Geraldo wants you on. So here you go again. You actually did help There you go, yeah. And I walked over, and I remember he was talking to Dr. Oz. (laughs) I swear to God about little kids playing football and the dangers of uh, head injuries for little kids. And I stood there for about 20 minutes, and then eventually I did sit down with Geraldo. We did the interview together. And so you actually played a part in that, too. So thank you for that. Yeah, of course. And then I took his job. So, And you fired me. And I fired you, yes. <laughs> I did. That's always, always the kicker at the end. Well, That's what no one wants to get You to. know, uh, Jody McDonald claimed the same thing when Joe Beningo replaced him with me on the midday show at WFAN, but...
Anyway, uh, that's good stuff. <laughs> oh, uh, but I guess we don't get the rest of that story. <laughs> no, you're not going to get it. Okay. Uh, but, you know, anyway, so let's move on. In the next book. Right. Right. So you also heard, uh, so Michael Savage, of course, uh, is at the very end, and Savage was on with me uh, down in Florida, very difficult guy to deal with. I think Chad Lopez came to find that out at, uh, at uh, Cumulus. But he is a sensational talent. I mean, he's not good, he's great. And I thought he was so good on this show yesterday. If you missed it, I compel you. I know you guys trust me. Go to WABCRadio.com. Listen to me and Michael Savage yesterday. The guy is hes fantastic. Hasn't done radio in three years. He's doing a podcast now. He just wrote another book. But he is a magnificent talent. He really is. And then right before Michael Savage, you heard the voice of this sweet lady. This goes back to my dearest friend in my life. Dating back to when I was seven years old, living at 2216 Quentin Road by Madison High School in Brooklyn, when the Iovines moved next door, Lewis and Gloria, Joseph, Danielle, Elizabeth, and Nicole. And Joseph has been my best friend, Italian guy, great looking, St. John's. He had the Pontiac Firebird, looked like John Travolta, had the muscles, the chicks. Everybody loved him. And I was his uh, goofy, asthmatic, braces, Jewish, really Jewish, next-door neighbor. I just wanted to be Joseph. And that, that relationship has been 50 years, a great relationship. We're like brothers. So he contacted me yesterday and said, you know my friends Gus and Andre? I go, of course I do. Well, their aunt, Angela Laresh, listens to you every morning. She's going to be 95 years old tomorrow. 95. She never misses your show, and she listens Right now, from the very top, she gets up very early in the morning just to put me on at 6 a.m. I don't know her, never met her, but her, uh, I guess her niece, Andrea, had her record what I played there to send it to me, so I took it and played it. She's listening right now, I'd imagine, at least that's what Joseph told me. So that was Angela Loresh, who will celebrate her 95th birthday tomorrow. How cute was that, Lou? How cute is that lady? I think the part that was not included was how much she loves your tonality. <laughs> <laughs> that word, I'm going to put that on my headstone. That was Kelly Ripper, right? Yes. Yes. You I'd have amazing there's, tonality. There's so many right now, I've lost track. Well, here's what I did this morning. Oh, can't wait. This is going to annoy the hell out of you. <laughs> but I told Ellie. No way. <laughs> I said, you have to create. Go here. Oh, no. Let's try to guess what this is. Yeah, I'm, try to I'm guess. I'm sure no one could guess. I'll guess first. Yeah. You're gonna. You want a montage of everybody's compliments about how you how you sound and how great you're doing. You know, I gotta tell you, it's, no it's, it's, it's a little disappointing to me that, I that you that you that you think of me like that. Yeah, yeah. I'm serious. I mean, I it is. We've been friends for 25 years. And, and for you to think I'm that shallow. It is disappointing, I know. It's disappointing, it disappoints yes. disappoints me, and I'm ashamed of it. But it's accurate. Yeah, right. Because <laughs> that is exactly, in fact, I took it a step further. Not just make a montage, create a folder. <laughs> here's what it'll be like in a couple of months by then. Oh, Lou, I want to play Folder C. Well, what do you want me to do about it? It's not like I call these people before Trump, Savage, Ripper, and a host of others and say, hey, say I'm the best Bill O'Reilly, 
Belmonte says it all the time. You're the best in the business. It's I don't tell these people to say that. No, that would be actually kind of funny. No. And I would say, okay, here, Sid has egg them on. This one, this is when I actually can see it coming for a little bit. Like, when I hear this, like, you know, Sid, I must tell you, when I start to listen and I stand up and I went, I can't believe it. it's going to yeah. happen again. It's going to happen Here again. It Here it goes. But I am considering at some point, uh, Sid, who books the guests, she sends out this uh, really nice letter. She goes, uh, Sid Rosenberg wants you to join him. You may know who he is. He's hosting the hottest show in the world right now. He's a WFAN guy. All this stuff she puts down there, you know. And I'm considering... Having her amend it and just put it at the bottom. <laughs> Can't wait to hear this. When you do come on, the host would appreciate if, in fact, you shower him with superlatives <laughs> and say he's the best in the business. <laughs> Why don't you just put the phrase, in lieu of gifts, please mention Sid's amazing career. God, you're bio. horrible. <laughs> you know, the more I think about it, I'm happy you're not coming tomorrow. <laughs> I think I am, too. We'll get to that story, too. We got a big day for WABC coming up tomorrow morning at Specifically, sitting friends in the morning. And again, a that was a great segment, Lewis and Noam. Thank you. Great guest list coming up today. Jennifer Harrison will be here at 645. Victims Rights New York. Curtis Sliwa, his 705 spot. Judge Andrew Napolitano coming up at 740. Nicole Maliotakis, she'll be here at 805. The great Bill O'Reilly, he was here yesterday. He's back today, killing the witches. His 840 spot and then... After a long hiatus, coming back at 9.15 this morning, promises to be a very spirited conversation. The mayor here in New York, Mayor Eric Adams, makes his return. The number is always 1-800-848-WABC. That's 1-800-848-9222. you got the next three and a half hours with me. Put your seatbelt on, folks. Let's go. Entertaining and informative. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. And now, Sit in Friends in the Morning presents How Does Sid Rosenberg Make You Feel? Here's Joe Pesci on How Sid Makes Him Feel. How the hell do you think you make me feel, you freaking moron, you freaking idiot? Are you kidding me? I worry about you, Sid. I worry about you. Are you stuttering, stupid p***? Are you kidding me? I can't believe you fall for anything, you stupid p***. It's Pesci. I'll see you in your Gemini lounge. Yeah, go on about that some more. That's Pesci. I'm out. This has been How Does Sid Rosenberg Make You Feel on Sid and Friends in the Morning, 77 WABC.
want to read what uh, Lynn Hart sent on Instagram. Smart girl here, she said. Uh, I see the subtle shift in the first hour of your program towards more playful banter a la Imus. I love it. It sounds great. It's not really all that subtle. <laughs> I used to fight with Bernie about it. You remember those days? I mean, Bernie, come out. You know, don't come out and, and play the audio of that thing last night. Let's just have some fun. Let's ease into it. I remember, and we're going to do a Bernie Remembrance Day coming up on October the 5th for my dear friend, who I miss dearly. But I remember a management. I forget who, which program director it was. It could have been Craig Schwab or Dave Labrosi or Matt Meany. I don't know. And they said to Bernie, they said, you know, listen to what Sid said, you know, because we would, you know, we would uh, uh, go back and forth on, on segments and stuff, which was really stupid. It was stupid. Uh, and, I, and I fought about that for a long time, and I, I would win it, and then I'd lose it, win it, lose it. I'm like, it's a talk show, just let me and Bernie talk. What do you mean he hosts a segment, I host a segment? Really stupid. Anyway, long story short. So the program director goes to him, uh, Bernie, uh, kind of ease into the show, you know. But Sid does, and he opens the show. So the next morning, Bernie starts the show, and he goes like this. I swear to God, he goes, back here on Bernie and Sid, and today I'm going to ease into the show. I said, Bernie, 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 you don't say you're going to ease into the show. You just ease into the show, you know. Message, I care. Today I'm going to ease. I'm like, Bernie, all they're saying is save the punk in a pantsuit Nancy Pelosi stuff for like 7 o'clock. When people get up at 6 o'clock in the morning, they got to see their boss. They're miserable. It's cold. It's filthy. It's New York. When they say ease into it, you don't say it. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, I see, no one knows that. what really happens behind the scenes. They just, <laughs> no one has any that. idea. I mean, you were there. You, you saw this, Justin and Lewis. But we'd have these uh, meetings after the show. They were just horrible. But it all worked out great. It all worked out great, and now the show is uh, number one. And I know that because tomorrow is a very big day, not just for us, but for WABC. You guys may remember a couple of months ago we talked about this, that the, the New York State Broadcasters Association, New York State Broadcasters Association, handed out awards, as they do every year, a couple of months ago. They always have this uh, big luncheon sometime late September, early October, and WABC, and this is a testament to John Katzmatidis, the beautiful Margot. Margot's so nice. She texted Danielle happy birthday yesterday. That was so sweet. I love you, Margot. Thank you. Uh, John, Margot, and Chad. And listen, George, Emily, they all play a role. But John, Margot, and Chad, a testament to them that this station, this station, a relatively conservative station in New York City, won eight awards Eight. That's a heck of a job, John, Chad. And if you forgot what they were, we won Best Podcast. This one they had to pay for. For uh, Frank Morano and uh, Bill Shatner. <laughs> we won Best Personality Social Media. Is that one right, really? I swear to God. That's yeah. great. Yeah. Um, Curtis Sliwa, no one does a better job on social media than Curtis. Nobody. Whether it's a rally, his rip and read, he did something at the closing of Lenny's Pizza in Brooklyn, which was amazing. So Curtis won. Congratulations, Curtis. Then we went for our election coverage with uh, a great trio, I must say, Rita Cosby, Dominic Carter, and you know him. Congratulations. Uh, congratulations to you know him. Thank you very much. Best feature, 
Cindy Adams interviews former Governor Cuomo. I love Cindy Adams. I hate Andrew Cuomo. The best use of digital radio pays tribute to fallen firefighter Timothy Klein. And this one is very personal to me because I know you folks know that Timmy Klein grew up literally five blocks from where we live now. My next-door neighbor, Billy Felton, terrific guy, is a hero firefighter. And I didn't know Timothy Klein or his family. I passed their house every day, every day. But everybody knows him now. Do you know, Lou, that actually on 129th Street, where they have all the restaurants in my neighborhood, a Sorrentino, Pico, Cali's. Zero Bakery. Zero, very good. Uh, All these places. It is now called Timothy Klein Way. Do you know the name? They renamed the street after Timmy Klein? I think I did know that. You see a big red sign. It's beautiful. So we won for that. Columbus Day Parade, we won for that. Best live on scene. That's coming up again October the 9th. And once again, thanks to Angelo Vivolo, I'll be back in a Cadillac, as I've been for the last three years, a convertible Cadillac. Best public affairs program, Back to Blue. That's also coming up. An all-day tribute to the NYPD. We're going to do that this year, October the 20th. And I believe Adams and Caban will be on this show. And finally, the eighth award Best morning show in New York, sitting friends in the morning. So congratulations to you, Lou, and Justin, and Noam, and the whole crew. So I've been asking for weeks. I just asked two days ago, when is this luncheon? (laughs) We just found out the luncheon is tomorrow. Yes. And it's it's a great venue, Chelsea Piers. I'm not going to tell you what pier because some of you psychos, you know, you don't like me, so. (laughs) <laughs> end up buying need. one of these ghost guns in East Harlem, and the next thing you know, it's all right, I'll they need a new I'll, morning show. I'll defend you. Justin will be there. Yeah, I'll be there. No but worries. didn't you just do a bit, Justin, where you said you can envision a day where it's called Justin and Friends in the Morning? Yeah. yeah. Might, might be coming sooner than you think. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so anyway, it's, uh, it's a big deal tomorrow. Congratulations to John Katsimatidis, Margot Chad, WABC, eight awards. That is that's a heck of a job. Okay, we got uh, a huge guest list again. Jen Harrison, Curtis Sliwa, Andrew Napolitano, Nicole Maliotakis, Bill O'Reilly. I think Joseph Abu is going to stop by. And the big one at 9.15, making his return after a long hiatus, is Mayor Eric Adams. Gotcha. See what you did there. Thank you. Joe Nolan has traffic coming up next, but right now it's time for the 77 WABC minicast clip of the day. Get the whole story in under 10 New York minutes. Download and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and get the max out of mini. Today's minicast is Lou Rapino's favorite by a mile, and that is the Dominic Carter Show. When the subject of awards comes up, you must take into account the tonality of a host's representation of how the program is delivered. Yes, thank you, Dominic. Maybe we'll get to more of that later, but in this case... A lot of earth, wind, and fire must take effect. Here you're talking about the migrants. Just just talk about the migrants, Dominic, please. I feel a little bad about this next one as it relates to the migrant situation because I have very little sympathy for this. 
I, I, on a personal level, I'm just being honest and candid with you folks. Migrants are being forced to sleep on floors at the New York Roosevelt Hotel shelter as the city hits the deadline for stay limits. And I, I, I'm questioning myself, folks, because um, my approach is and my attitude is you shouldn't be here to begin with. So if you're sleeping on the floor, whose problem is that? This is Sid on Sports. Sponsored by Fearless Boilers on 77 WABC. Justin Ellick here with your bottom of the hour sports update. Sponsored by Pete Morgan and Peerless Boilers. Go to PeerlessBoilers.com, PavilionTankless.com to find a dealer near you. They're the world's best to build. Boilers got to start on the diamond here. The Yankees, they decided to play some really good baseball here down the stretch when it doesn't really matter. Beating the Blue Jays once again last night, this time by a score of 6 to nothing, take the first two of three uh, in a three-game set and secure the series win. It was the Bomber Superstars. They continued to shine for New York. Ace Garrett Cole pitching a complete game, two-hit shutout to basically lock up the American League Cy Young Award, while Captain Aaron Judge homered twice for his 36th and 37th home runs on the year. Imagine if he didn't have those two months off due to injury. As for Toronto, they are still in position for the second AL wild card, a half game ahead of Houston and two games in front of Seattle. As for the Mets, they split their doubleheader at home against the Marlins yesterday, winning the first game 11-2 to before falling in the second by a score of 4-2 with a win in the second game. Miami still holds their playoff prospects in their own hands. They're tied for uh, third in the NL wild card with the Chicago Cubs, who lost 6-5 to in 10 innings uh, to NL East. It's quite a Atlanta. story, the Miami Marlins. Yeah. I mean, you'll be hard-pressed to find anyone who doesn't work at MLB Network to name three people on that team. I know. No, seriously. I mean, uh, and... Uh, They've done that before. Don't forget 2003. Yeah. They were babies, and they beat the Yankees in the World Series. Yeah. Turns out uh, Derek Jeter letting that letting that franchise go might have actually been a good thing. Yeah, it was a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. So both teams there said they're 82-76 and 76 with four games left, and uh, the Marlins have that head-to-head tiebreaker. So they're sitting uh, kind of pretty there in that scenario. Speaking of the aforementioned Atlanta Braves with their win last night, they secure the number one seed in the National League playoffs. Also of note from that game, Ronald Acuna all but locked up the National League MVP award with his steal of second base in the 10th inning, making him the first player in Major League Baseball history to hit at least 40 home runs and steal 70 bases in wow. a season. Yeah, coming off that injury, too, a remarkable year for Acuna. We'll see what the Braves do in the playoffs here. Now we move over to basketball with our first dose of NBA news in a while. The Portland Trailblazers traded guard Damian Lillard to play alongside Giannis Antetokounmpo with the Milwaukee Bucks. It's a part big of a, deal. It's a big deal. Very big, big deal. deal. Yeah, and I I didn't even think he was gonna he was gonna get uh, as good of a deal as he got. Lillard. He got a great deal. Yeah, you put Lillard. And I guess Middleton is still there, right? And, yeah, and the Greek freak and that team just won the championship. What, two years ago? Yeah, look I'm out. Sure. Well, totally look out. And Giannis was uh, was a little unhappy following last year's. Uh, Last year's out. Right. I mean, he was hurt, though. Yeah. He he didn't play. Right, exactly. And they got beat by the Miami Heat, who went on to the NBA Finals. Right. Right. But you saw what happened when he wasn't on the court. Right. No, Lillard is a big pickup. Mm -hmm. Huge. Mm -hmm. And and Portland's got the kid, Scoot Henderson. Yep. They took him second overall after the kid who went to San Antonio. Mm Mm-hmm. And then they uh, they acquired somebody decent in this trade. Uh, Portland receives Drew Holiday, DeAndre yeah. Ayton, uh, Tumani Kamara. Well, Ayton's a big star out of Phoenix. Yeah. Drew Holiday's a good player out of Phoenix. You got it. Yeah. Everybody I mean, did well except, think, for Phoenix, except for Phoenix. Except for Phoenix. The Suns, they right. get Yusuf Nurkic, Grayson Allen, Nasir <laughs> Little, and Keon Johnson. So nothing really there for them. And last but uh, certainly not least, you got week four of the NFL season kicking off tonight. Thursday night football, Detroit Lions in Green Bay to kick it off with the Packers, the Lions. They're currently one and a half point road favorites. Uh, sports sponsored by Pete Morgan, Peerless Spoilers. Go to 
to PeerlessBoilers.com, PavilionTankless.com to find a dealer near you. They're the world's best belt boilers. I'm Justin Ellick on 77 WABC. Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Handling legal matters is stressful. So, let the law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. provide you with the insightful counsel you deserve. The law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. has successfully handled thousands of cases for 25 plus years. They focus on elder law and estate planning, but are equipped to navigate you through all stages of family law and divorce to real estate law and probate. The law offices of Frank Bruno. Call 718-418-5000 or visit them at frankbrunolaw.com. That's frankbrunolaw.com. Frank Bruno. He's your numero uno. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Entertaining and informative. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. I listened to you on the way in here, meaning, you know, I turned it on on ABC streaming. It's very exciting. You have a very natural flow. You keep it moving. You know, even with all the ads in between, you can still hear Sid. And you got a nice voice. You got a, a, an on-air presence that comes across it, and I know why you're successful. I mean, you relate to the audience, and they hear you. That's Michael Savage. I guess he'll let me know when the check clears. <laughs> he was on yesterday. I like Michael Savage. I actually love him on the air. I think he's brilliant. So. Um, you may remember a couple of months ago, here in New York, Jim Jordan, one of my favorite politicians out of the great state of Ohio, came here, and he held a, a hearing, a field hearing, here in New York. And uh, at that hearing, a bunch of folks who have been victims of violent crimes here in New York. And the first person I always think of is my dear friend Jennifer Harrison, Victims' Rights New York. Suffolk County, Long Island, surely Long Island. She is a dear friend. Her boyfriend was murdered many years ago, and she has devoted her life to do good, like Frank Siller. But other folks were there, like Jose Alba. You remember him? He was a bodega owner, a lady who had lost her son. I think her name is Bram. And uh, Joey Borgen, a good friend of mine, Jewish guy who got his ass kicked for wearing a yarmulke. So I believe yesterday or the day before, they held a very similar type of field hearing in Chicago, akin to what Jim Jordan did here in New York, House Judiciary Committee. And according to Jen, not one, not one Democrat showed up. So I can promise you this, when Mayor Eric Adams makes his return to this program, and it's coming up today, and I appreciate it, and I thanked Eric, that'll be at 9.15 this morning Crime will come up. Crime will come up. And these victims who continue to garner no support, I mean none from political leaders, when I say that, especially Democrats, I want to hear what he has to say. But first, let's hear what Jen Harrison has to say. Victims' Rights New York. Jen, good morning. How are you? 
Good morning, Sid. I'm good. How are you doing? I'm always doing good, especially when you're on the air. So tell me, <laughs> tell me about this uh, hearing in Chicago. I know you're very disappointed. Once again, the Democrats came up uh, lame here. Tell me about it and uh, and exactly what else transpired besides that. I mean, I'm not disappointed. I'm completely disgusted. You know, when we were in New York, I knew that we were walking into the fire, but nothing could have prepared me for the disrespect and how evil these people were and how they would just say right to our faces that, you know, they understand our pain and and we're brave for being there, but basically that we're stupid and that we were scammed into being there by Republicans because it was a sham put on by the Republicans um, to protect Donald Trump and all they wanted to talk about was gun legislation. When we were there to talk about the fact that gun legislation that they want on the books is not being enforced in New York and people are dying because of it. So Jim Jordan did the same thing in Chicago. He's going to do multiple hearings across the country, which is desperately needed because people need to know and, and hear what's going on from people like us that have experienced this. And like Gianno Caldwell from Fox News, whose whose, uh, brother was murdered. His brother Christian was murdered. It's still unsolved. He testified very, um, you know, genuinely, and and it was very emotional. I was crying watching it um, about how his his friends had had their family members killed. I mean, and and he called Chicago a war zone, and, and he's not wrong. And the fact that this man and two police officers took the time out of their day, relived their worst nightmares, and testified for the world to hear and in front of Congress, um, you know, that the Democrats didn't even show up this time. It didn't even have the common decency to face the victims of their failed policies is just beyond disgusting. You, at least show up. No, I agree. But, you know, this all goes back to, to the DAs, the attorney generals. I mean, you see what's going on here in New York. Letitia James she made a promise, and so did Alvin Bragg. I'm going to get Trump. Not I'm going to reduce crime. Not I'm going to take criminals off the streets. I'm going to get Trump. And to Letitia's credit, she took a big chunk out of my friend Donald Trump just a couple of days ago. So she's kept her promise. Alvin Bragg, too, ridiculous lawsuit, but a lawsuit nevertheless. So I had a conversation with somebody yesterday, and I said, you know, one of the things that really worked me about the mayor was I saw a selfie a couple of weeks ago of the mayor and Bragg in the street together smiling. And I know they're both Democrats, and I know they, quote-unquote, need each other politically, but Alvin Bragg is such a scumbag, such a scumbag, that I would at least not take pictures in the streets. And this person said to me, don't kid yourself. Politicians are afraid. They could be a friend today and on the hit list next. Do you believe that? Well, listen, first of all, I think you're wrong because Mayor Adams absolutely does not need Alvin Bragg. In fact, taking a picture with him at this point is political suicide. And and he should be smart enough to know that. And it's disappointing that he's not. Okay, that's number one. Number two, let's talk about my BFF in Albany, Tish James. Okay, because the fact that she's going after Donald Trump when your friend Joe Tacopina correctly said yesterday, that two, nobody was defrauded here. Everybody got their money back. And meanwhile, there are 
hundreds of nonprofits in New York City that are defrauding taxpayers and taking taxpayer-funded money on a daily basis. Some of these executives are making $600,000 a year, kicking homeless people out of the shelters for 12 hours a day to go and commit crime and and do nothing on the streets of New York, kicking people out to, to house migrants. It's all a money grab. They are defrauding the people of New York on a daily basis, and she sits there and she does nothing. It's th- th- this place is com- a complete cesspool run by a criminal enterprise, and it's at, we we have to vote. We have an election coming up in November, and we have to vote. And I'm glad that Mayor Adams is um, you know, the city council races mean, mean a lot, just as much as the state races and the national races. And I'm glad that Mayor Adams is coming on your show. And I, if you, if you don't mind, I want to talk about um, a policy that I uh, an idea that I present I know was presented to his team um, on educating the migrants. Um, because they're here, and there's nothing that we could do about it right now. Biden's not going to close the border. You know that, right? So instead of putting these these kids in public schools that are already overburdened, that don't have the resources to, to help them, and that would t- be taking resources away from the children of taxpayers and citizens that are already here, why aren't we partnering with local universities and local colleges that have teaching students, that have foreign language students, to go into the shelters in an environment that these, these kids are already familiar with, not taking them away from their parents and putting them in unfamiliar buildings with unfamiliar strangers that don't speak the language? You know, this is, this is scary for them, and they've already been through enough why aren't we partnering with local colleges and local universities to put teachers in the shelters, assess the, the, their education levels, assess their health levels, if they're vaccinated, if they're a public health risk to our students or, or our citizens here, and, and have some kind of transitional program rather than just throwing them to the wolves in a public education system. And guess what, Sid? That doesn't cost the taxpayer anything. No, it makes a whole lot of sense. That's why we're not doing it. <laughs> I mean, to be honest, that was uh, laid out perfectly. And I will bring that up with Eric if I have time. We've got so much to get to, obviously. But certainly the migrants and the kids is a very, very important issue. So that is a, a well-thought-out plan, Jen. Great job by you. I guess I would wrap this up with, you know, you, you were disappointed with how the Democrats, especially I remember Jerry Nadler, what a piece of garbage he is how he treated you guys when you were here with Jim Jordan in New York, disappointed again with the field hearing with Jim Jordan in Chicago. Uh, Seemingly, these Democrats, despite what they say, just don't care. So what is your, I guess, your closing message this morning about these field hearings, about these attorney generals, about these uh, district attorneys, and how they treat victims of crime like yourself? They, they don't care, Sid. All that they care is about their national agenda, for, and that's from the top down to the bottom, from the president to your congressman to your state senator or assembly person to the, the governor, the mayor, the district attorney, and your New York City council person. And that's why these elections are so critically important, because the people that are going to be your voice first and foremost are your local representatives. That's who you go to when you have an issue, and they will go to the people above them and say, listen, I'm I'm going to suffer political suicide if you guys don't do anything about this. And they're they're the ones that are going to fight for you. So if you're tired of what's going on, just like I am, just like you are, just like, you know, everybody has to wake up 
and vote accordingly in November. So are there any names specifically that you, you know, like Ari Kagan, for example, running against Justin Brandon in Brooklyn, uh, Anna Vernikoff, who's uh, freaked out because she's worried the illegals are coming to Manhattan Beach? Or are you just saying just vote Republican and save our city and save our country? Well, um, we actually, uh, Victims' Rights New York is a political action committee, and we've actually endorsed some conservatives over Republicans. So uh, if you're not sure who to vote for, you can go to victimsrightsnypac.com, and we have our list of endorsements. We didn't get involved in every race, but you could see all the key players that that really need to win. And, um, of course, Judge Grasso in uh in Queens needs to beat the incumbent Melinda Katz yeah. because even though she's not like a talked about Soros funded prosecutor, she's just as progressive and just as bad. She started a conviction integrity unit that's an extension of the public defender's office. She's overturning wrongful, wrongfully overturning convictions and ignoring victims left and right. She's absolutely disgusting and she's got to go. <laughs> but she's the mother of Curtis's children. I know, I and, and I'm sorry if they're listening. Um, you know, that, that, I'm sure she's a very good mom, and yeah. I'm sure she's a very nice person, but, yeah. you know, she just is not very good at her job. I, I'm not even sure she's either one of those. I have no idea. I happen to like George Grasso, but don't forget he was a Democrat. But he is, as John Katzmatidis likes to say, he is a common-sense Democrat. Hey, listen, you're courageous. You're great. You know I love you. Great job again this morning. And all I can say, Jen, is keep fighting. Keep fighting. Thank you. Have a, have a good day, Sid. You too. You too. My friend Jennifer Harrison, New York, victims' rights here in New York. That is a brave young lady and a really smart young lady, too. Thank you, Jen Harrison. All right. Next three hours, Curtis Sliwa, Judge Andrew Napolitano, Joseph Abood, Nicole Maliotakis, Bill O'Reilly, and the mayor, Eric Adams. You ain't going nowhere, folks. Sitting friends in the morning, hour two, about to come your way. When I'm with you, it doesn't matter where we are or what we're doing. I'm with you, that's Big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Convert your current recessed lighting with energy-saving LED downlights from Fight Electric. They're bright and install easily in just minutes. They also go from regular lighting to nightlight mode with just a simple flip of a switch. Save big on all Fight Lighting products now at Menards. Shop our lighting options today in store and on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Oi! This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. Friends, how many of us have them? Friends. 77 WABC.
So I'm Gandhi-like. I think like Gandhi. I act like Gandhi. I want to be like Gandhi. Holly came from Miami, FLA. Hitchhiked away across USA. Plucked her eyebrows on the way, shaved her legs, and then he was a she. She says, "Hey, babe, take a walk on the wild side." Said, "Hey, honey, take a walk on the wild side." Little Joe. Now the great Lou Reed as we start hour number two of Big Show there. You heard uh, Eric, my man, comparing himself to Mahatma Gandhi. Eric will join me coming up in about two hours. The mayor of New York City, Eric Adams, at 9.15. My phone was blowing up late last night. Very good friend of mine who is a councilwoman who needs to win again. I, I, I absolutely compel all of you and urge all of you to vote for Inna Vernikov. But Inna was blowing up my phone last night. I was asleep, of course. I'll tell you why. Because the guy about to join me now has all the answers that Inna's looking for. But she couldn't reach him yesterday. And I guess he'll tell us why. Of course, he gets big ratings, noon to one, every weekday afternoon. Big ratings hosting the overnights on the weekend. And arguably does his best work right here, this time of the morning, on Sitting Friends in the Morning. He's the icon. He's the legend. Mr. Guardian Angel and New York Savior, and I mean that, Curtis Sliwa. So Inna reached out to me yesterday because she is, uh, you know, Gravesend, Manhattan Beach, uh, Sheepshead Bay, my area. Good councilwoman. Good Great councilwoman. Count, yeah. And I guess she heard you say that the illegals, she called them migrants, the illegals next stop may be Manhattan Beach, her area. Yep. And she was freaking out. So I said, well, call Curtis. Well, how does he know? I said, listen, listen. I went through the same thing with Joanne Areola. <laughs> how does he know? What does he know? And four months later, with our fingers up our ass, we're looking for attorneys to stop these people from going to Floyd Bennett Field. If you're Inna or Joanne or any of these local politicians, stop asking how Curtis knows. It doesn't matter how he knows. He just knows. Just do something about it. But she's not sure what to do because she's not sure. This is accurate information. Well, they all they all say that. But anyway, I was tied up. My wife, Nancy, who, as you know, does the deep dive on all this information as the attorney. She verifies everything. Uh, she was down for the count. She had severe migraine headaches. So I was nursing her up until about 4 o'clock this morning. That's how bad her migraine I'm headaches sorry. were. So I was, I was off the radar screen for everybody, including you, Sid. Yeah. But let's deal with this because all of these elected officials think that they lead and everybody follows. Guess what? All of you elected officials know nothing about nothing because you're too busy kissing one another's asses. you got to do a deep dive. I've said how many times here, Sid, I have rats at City Hall, and City Hall knows that. And they go every day meticulously trying to figure out who's squealing to Sleewell. Who's who's eating the Parmesan cheese? And they'll never find him. They're civil servants. They got a year or two left. 
They're not political appointees. They never liked me growing up in Canarsie. But you know what? They don't like what's happening to this city. And in two years, they're off to Boca Raton, where you came from, Sid. But everybody else is moving to. Right. So they feed me information like it's nonstop. But I don't necessarily believe it because they could be, you know, feeding me a line that then gets me fired here at WABC. Hey. So Nancy, which many people have asked for many times. Every day, City Hall, Albany, uh, Republicans, it doesn't matter. Uh, foes are friends. They want me fired, suspended. They want me to retract. They want me to apologize, get down on uh, wounded knee. And I tell them all, you can kiss both cheeks of my tuckers. It the, ain't happening. Well, there was a time when they uh, came to me, and, and the word uh, they, that's going to stay uh, as it sounds, you know. Um, they came to me and they wanted me to maybe not put you on the show and these types of things. And I said, no, I said, unless you can show me, show me a proven track record where Curtis has been wrong. The majority, which is 51%, unless you can show me that he's going to keep coming on and he's going to come on every day. And as I've said, and even John Katsimatidis has said, you've been right more than wrong, and probably somewhere about 95%. That, folks, is not worthy of a termination or a suspension. Not only that, but if you were playing the horses, you'd be really riding high, let me tell you, in the winter struggle. Let me tell you, my job, my role with you is to bring information to everybody's attention that nobody else has. Or why would you even have me on this show to repeat what everybody else says, which every other show does? They repeat, repeat, they're parrots. They never bring new information to the forefront. You have permitted me to do that in the most important segment of the show. 705-710 every morning. Agreed. And I have to deliver. And all of a sudden, I noticed that yesterday, the Democratic County leader, whose name is Rodney Bishaw, not a household name, but she does not function unless Eric Adams exhales and then she inhales. So we all know Eric Adams has played the race card throughout his history. Throughout his history, when when all things fail, play the race card. Abbott, you're a racist. Ed Day, you're a racist. Curtis Lee, you're a racist. Or, and a buffoon. Uh, but when your back is against the wall, Eric Adams will play the race card. So he's not going to say it this time. He lets the Democratic County leader, who he's hired his her husband twice now for no-show jobs. No-show jobs, right? The second one, they had to get rid of him because he was in the administration. First one was his campaign. So she puts out on Kings County, Democratic County um, stationery that Frank Corona is a part of, that Anthony Corona is a part of, these that authorized these, is these a are part my of. friends. And she says, white neighbors are not helping with the migrant crisis in Brooklyn. They're not shouldering their fair share. And then she starts listing neighborhoods. Remember who called me a liar about Bay Ridge? Justin Brannon, who's lied about everything, including, oh, I I never supported defund the police. Yes, you did. No cash bail. Yes, you did. I said they were going to put a migrant tent on Shore Road Park. Remember that? I do remember that. He claimed I'm lying. All of a sudden. Do you know that, um, and this is uh, a little off the topic, but uh, back, I believe it was 1987, I received oral on uh, Shore Road. Did you say oral sex? Yes, in a red Camaro. Wow. Yeah. Gee whiz, you know who parked along Shore Road? 
No, who? Son of Sam, remember? That's how they clipped well, him. Well, it wasn't David Brooks. In that, uh, that, yeah. that, yeah. <laughs> that VW remember? That's how they clipped him. <laughs> I know. He parked along Shore Road. Uh, that is that where he looking for ticket? another victim, yes. Is that where he got the ticket? Yes. No, I thought the ticket was in Queens. No, no, Brooklyn, Shore Road. Okay, because he used to go to this uh, deli. He would frequent this deli, and Bernard, my former great partner, he would actually uh, serve David Berkowitz, make him a sandwich, buy his lottery hey, tickets. Bernard, give him the gabagool. <laughs> I don't know. But I think Bernie had a role in arresting uh, David Berkowitz. Could so be. Congratulations, Bernie. So you're right. Bay Ridge, you so did Bay say Ridge. that it was going So out. now, Rodney Bishaw, who is the agent of Eric Adams, she does not speak unless Eric Adams pulls her strings, has said, why not Bay Ridge? Joe Road Park. Why not Marine Park? You know what I'm talking about there, uh, Sid, which is the place that we played baseball and basketball in when we were growing up. Uh, Marine Park, Fillmore, and uh, 35th. Yep. And, uh, yes, I played softball and, many times on those fields. And this is in revenge to Assemblywoman Jamie Williams, the Democrat, for crossing over and starting to work with Republicans and then, of course, Manhattan Beach, which is very close to you, and Ina Vernikov. And, in fact, uh, I have been invited. Yeah. And I am accepting the invitation, <laughs> and I hope you would come with me, Sid. All righty. On Monday, October 16th, from 6 to 8 p.m. at Kingsborough Community College. Oh, that's there, right there in Manhattan Beach. Where you are an esteemed alumni. That is true. I think I'm the most famous Kingsborough Community College graduate ever. I actually stayed the two years. Now, just be very honest. All I did was drink Bloody Marys on the beach and play spades in the cafeteria. Understood. But I got a two-year associate's degree. Understood. <laughs> uh, in the rotunda, it's called The Night with Eric Adams, Breaking Bread and Building Bonds. Oh, Eric is going to be at Kingsborough? Yes. This is his night of breaking bread and building bonds. Will it, will it be unleavened bread, I wonder? But the point being, <laughs> yeah. I am going to cold bust him and say, you already have a plan for Manhattan Beach, don't you, Mayor Eric Adams? Go ahead, lie. Lie before all these people, Jews and Gentiles, blacks and whites, that you're not going to put a migrant tent right in Manhattan Beach. Well, he's not going to lie. And here's I'm going to defend uh, the mayor. And it's not a, a knock at you at all, by the way. Somehow I have to figure out a way to be friends with both of you guys, which is not going to be easy. But here's what he's going to say. I'll tell you right now. He's Everything gonna, is on the table. Correct. He's not going to deny it. He's not going to say no, but he's not going to say yes. He's going to say, quote, Every neighborhood will be impacted by the time this is said. And, and done. I know the people who did the specs already. You do? Yes. Of course. Come on. Do you Sid. know that uh, there's a guy named Jeff Lax? Do you know this guy? Curtis? Oh, Jeff Lax, yes. He calls out anti-Semitism all the time. Correct. And he's a professor at Kingsborough. Great man. Great he's man. A, a super guy, yes. And uh, years ago, he wanted me to deliver the commencement address. Because I am the most famous Kingsborough graduate ever. You are. Kind of, kind of like winning a beauty contest in a leprechaun. No, no, no. no, but, no. Uh, look, I've, I've done interviews <laughs> there on their two-watt radio station. You me know too. me. I'll run to do an interview. You know, the first time, it's so funny you said that, the first time I ever called the radio station, even before I called WFN a Sid from Brooklyn, it was a Saturday night. It was the local Kingsborough Community College station. I love that station. They played disco. And um, I had him play the song White Lines. I swear to God. Oh, White Lines. Oh, my God. White <laughs> I swear Lines. To God. Yeah. Cocaine. Yeah, yeah, years ago. So, but, so he wanted me to deliver the address, and they said no. And for a second there, he thought, well, maybe Sid has a bit of a, of a rough history, despite his monster success now. 
But now... Now you're a Jew. Come on. I'm a Jew. That's it. Right. You're a Jew. That's right. why they didn't honor you. By right. the way, you know who the previous chancellor was long before? Maybe maybe at the time you went, but you were so stung God at that time. <laughs> I didn't know. Uh, drinking Bloody Marys and playing spades <laughs> in the <laughs> It was Rudy Giuliani's first wife. Is that right? Yeah, I met her there. We had a great conversation. Wonderful woman. She went on to become chancellor of Mount St. Vincent's uh, College, which is up there in Manhattan College, where I'm trying to stop a migrant center from coming in. That's where Bernie went. Yes. He went, it's up by uh, the park in the Bronx. Yes, Van Colton Park. So she was before Donna Hanover, before Andrew's mom. That is correct. Okay, got it. Yeah, no, very nice Did woman. Did you go to Kingsborough, too? No, just to, uh, just to do, be interviewed on the radio oh, no, station. But, 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 but you never went to college there. No, no, I got kicked out of high school. As Peter King says, right. hey, I graduated from Brooklyn Prep, Curtis Sleeper, got kicked out to uh, Jesuit High School, and I never looked back. Two of the smartest people I know, two of the smartest people I know, never set foot on a college campus. Never came close, and that's you and Don Imus. So, uh, well, let me now. Now you give me a perfect intro into talking about talk radio. Okay, we do a pivot. And Even shift though you there. hated Imus because he took your morning show from you and Kobe. Absolutely hated him. But <laughs> worse yet, he tried to destroy talk radio when he would take off eight weeks a year and order everyone on his crew to take off, and then he would have as a substitute Michael Gunsman. And Norm Layden would do the news, and Mike Gunselman, for, for a syndicated show across the nation. And remember, he's the one who didn't have your and Bernie's back. He wanted Mike Lupica to take Correct. your spot. Well, you know why he, he did Mike Gunselman? This is a true story, and, and maybe Lou remembers. But one year, he had me do it. It was the week of July 4th, and I filled in. And I had Warner Wolf, and I had all of Imus's people at my disposal. And I just came back to a bevy of emails from people who said, you know, you have Connell and Bernie hosting Fridays. You've got Gunselman hosting week. Sid's the best you got. Sid should be hosting every. Sid is about as good as you. And he got nuts. So he decided, let me grab the guy who's the worst at it. And I love Gunsy. He's coming on with uh, Bernie's big day in a couple of weeks. I love him. Let me grab the guy who pays zero. And I mean, zero threat to me. And put them on. They all do that. See, they all do that. Why In do fact, they do that? Michael, I I Michael Savage. I who, put you on when, when I'm not here. I know. You're no, great. But you're different, and so is Bob Grant, the king of talk radio, gave a lot of people their chance. Michael Savage, same thing. He would be uh, scheduled to do five days a week, Mondays and Fridays. He would basically uh, have a substitute of no consequence, which just destroyed that time period because they are so insecure. They want it so that when they come back on air, everybody says, I missed you so badly, as opposed to, hey, that guy was pretty good, you know. They're all like that. And that's why don't worship at, at the uh, altar of Michael Savage, who was the first talk show host in the history of the business where a KSFO, his home station in San Francisco, in the contract, they demanded that he do his broadcast from home because they said he was so disruptive <laughs> in the radio station. They oh. demanded that yeah. he do it. Yeah. Boy, that guy is tough. No, he's tough. I know he's tough, but you have to admit he's an interesting listen. Yeah, and by the way, uh, these awards are being given out, New York State Broadcast. Well, congratulations. The, your, the thing you did with Lenny's Pizza was really yeah, great. Yeah, but do me a favor because uh, I won't be there. I'm on the air 12 to 1, Rip and Reed, uh-huh. as I am this afternoon. Do not have Frank Morano give a 20-minute speech <laughs> accepting my award. Please give him the hook. That was like the worst thing in Cipriani's two years ago at our anniversary. You remember he spoke for 20 minutes introducing me. I do remember People that. Booed him. I remember that. Yes, it was very wordy, very wordy. Please yeah. do not let him get up. 
and accept my video award about the closing of Lenny's Pizza. By the way, Lenny's Pizza is closed. Uh, oh, Tarjay is closed in East Harlem. Uh, CBS is closing. Rite Aid is closing. You could ask that of your friend Eric Adams. All uh, these places listen, know, are closing. I am. I am. And, and, and we know why Target is closing. There's no secret. It's because it's unsafe. Even people in Harlem are scared to death to shop at Target. Once again, you can tell me that's perception, but when huge retail stores start to close, that's no longer perception, listen, that's reality. Listen out there, whether you're my enemies or my foes, when I come on this precious station, the most important radio station in the nation, on the number one morning show in America, Sid Rosenberg and Friends, I make sure my information don't stink. That is accurate, it's right on, and if you don't trust me, the high school graduate, trust the graduate of Brooklyn Law, my wife Nancy, who checks, double checks everything, and has been right, as Sid has said, 95% of the time. So right away, why do my fellow Republicans write with you? Well, how does he know? Well, guess what? I don't have my nose up everybody's tuckers looking for discretionary funds, looking for favors. I don't care if everybody out there is my enemy in politics. My friends are the people, and I'm here to protect the people's interests no matter who they are. Ride, white line highway, tell all your friends they can go my way, pay your toll, sell your soul, pound for pound, cost more than gold. The longer you stay, the more you pay. My white lines go a long way, either up your nose or through your vein, with nothing to gain except killing your brain. Friends in the morning, 77 WABC. I understand how deeply concerning this can be. However, the allegations leveled against me are just that allegations. Bob Menendez, he got gold bricks in his pocket. His wife is crooked, he likes falafel, he's in a lot of trouble. For 30 years, I have withdrawn thousands of dollars in cash from my personal savings account, which I have kept for emergencies and because of the history of my family facing confiscation in Cuba. Classic Fanny 
Bill and Jules this morning. You know, I see this um, this story that Bruce, my man Bruce Springsteen, you guys know how much I love Bruce, and Stephen Van Zandt was one of my best friends, but thanks to Mike Sullivan. But it turns out that this peptic ulcer that Bruce has been suffering from is a little more serious than I think most of us thought. In fact, I believe he's now canceled the rest of his shows all year. With the latest on that, here is our news director, Noam Layden. Noam, what are you hearing about my guy, Bruce? You have it right. He's canceled the rest of the tour dates for 2023. They're going to honor all the tickets he hopes in 2024 at the exact same venues. Obviously, the dates will change. But, yeah, apparently whatever it is that's going on with them is serious enough that they Jeez. say you need bet. You know, you need to hang out and not be on tour. You know what Noam said to me this morning when I voiced my disappointment and sadness over this? He said, and I quote, well, he's old. <laughs> I did say that. He's not that old, though. He's like 73 or 74. 74. Yeah. yeah, but when stuff hits you like that at 74, it's not like when you're 44 or <laughs> Well, 24. I'm 56, and a whole bunch of stuff has hit me already. Yeah. I've gotten shingles and COVID a bunch of times and all <laughs> kinds of stuff. Can, could you be out on the stage like him right now in no. three and a half hours? No, because I'm old. Don't even know. You know, I, uh, I'm going to talk to Judge Napolitano here momentarily. Judge Napolitano, Nicole Maliotakis, Bill O'Reilly, and the mayor, Eric Adams. An unbelievable guest list coming up. But I keep looking out of the corner of my left eye into the newsroom where we've got these big screen TVs, you know. And we've got MSNBC, CNN, New York One on, the leprechaun Pat Kiernan, my friend. And I've got Fox News on here inside the studio. And they're talking about the first Biden impeachment inquiry hearing that's set to take place this morning. I wish the House GOP leader, Kevin McCarthy, and all those folks, Jim Comer, Jim Jordan, Nancy Mace, all of them the best of luck. This guy needs to go, Joe Biden. But um, I also keep seeing a, a bunch of these highlights from last night. Highlights, please. The second GOP debate, which is ridiculous because Trump's not there and He's going to win. I'm going to say it again, folks. I know which Larry says. It doesn't matter what he says. It's over. There's not a lot of time. Nothing's going to happen between now and Iowa. This guy's been indicted four times for taking his companies. You can't do more to Donald Trump than they've done, and his lead continues to lengthen. So let's stop with the, well, you never know. I understand that you want some suspense. So no one's going to read your columns or watch your TV shows. But like Bill O'Reilly just talked about, can we be honest? Let's be honest. It's over. It's over. DeSantis sucks. Spent a bunch of time sweating last night. Nikki, while smart, she's so annoying. Let's be honest. Tim Scott is in over his head. Nice guy. He'll have a position in over his head. Vivek is the most smarmy, just greasy, gross, white tooth, stupid hair, annoying guy I've ever seen. And Chris Christie is fat and stupid. So this um, this debate last night was a, a really a, an embarrassment for the GOP. It was. They just talked over each other. Nobody made one salient point, not one. Unless I missed it. Noam, did you... Reviewing this thing this morning, did I did I miss? Because as far whatever I saw was a bunch of people yelling over each other like a bunch of idiots, and Chris Christie calling Donald Trump Donald Duck. If that's the biggest moment of the night, my God, <laughs> yeah, that's embarrassing. Come yeah, on, that might have been the biggest moment. You know, when you have seven people on stage at the same time, all trying to get their time, that's what you get. It's just brutal to watch. 
But not always. I mean, sometimes, you know, you can still have a decent debate even with seven people. I mean, I remember the days when Trump was up there with 16 people and I was still entertained. Well, because I am. He was entertaining. Yeah. He, he took, he yeah. sucked all the air out of that room and there was yeah. nobody there to do that last yeah, night. Yeah, you're right. It was embarrassing. So the next one, if you're interested, is November 9th down in Miami. It's a home game for Ron DeSantis. Home game, Miami, November the 9th. Okay, we got uh, Judge Napolitano, always great, on a Thursday coming up next. Oi! This is Sit and Friends in the Morning. Friends, how many of us have them? Friends. 77 WABC. Brian Adams, run to you, 748, Thursday morning. Still to come, the call Molly Otakis, the great Bill O'Reilly, and at 915 this morning, the mayor himself, Eric Adams. It's been a while since Eric's been on. This promises to be a very spirited conversation. That's coming up at 915, but we do put this time aside every Thursday morning for a great guest, big star for a lot of years on Fox News, those great IMAS appearances, He's got his own podcast, which uh, millions of people actually listen to. Millions. That's not a, an exaggerated number. He's a terrific judge and a great guy. He's Judge Andrew Napolitano. Judge Knapp, welcome back on this Thursday morning, pal. How are you? Uh, good morning, my dear friend. And how are you? Uh, I'm doing I great. i tell you, I'm very happy that uh, the mayor is coming back on your show. I think you are demonstrating how two very important people in the city of New York, public people, you and the mayor, can disagree on almost everything but still be friends and have a civil conversation. I think that's terrific, and I commend you for it, and I'm going to listen. Well, I appreciate you saying that coming from you. And I don't just say this, Judge. Coming from you, that means a lot to me. And i got to give him some credit, too, because the truth is is that Eric Adams isn't on the radio every day. He's going about his job, and whether you like him or not, that's what he does. I'm the guy. I'm the guy that's on the air every day and very critical, very critical. In fact, sometimes I know this bothered him uh, personal. And for I him, wonder, I, want, I wonder if he gets as much heat from his people for coming on as yes, you do. The answer is yes. Curtis and our friends were putting them uh, on. The, the answer is yes. He gets an extraordinary amount of heat. And there's one particular writer at the New York Daily News. I forgot his name because he's so irrelevant. But every time the mayor is on, he goes out of his way to write a story about how a Democrat New York City mayor has buddied up to a Donald Trump conservative New York radio host. And it, it almost is a front-page story every time. And they also know for a fact that there are folks at City Hall around Eric every day that don't want him doing it. But, again, here's where I'll give Eric credit. He says, I don't care. You know, just like Trump. Trump will go on CNN 
We just saw that recently. We just saw Trump on not that long ago with Kristen Welker on Meet the Press. And Eric does right. come here. Now, it's been a while, so today could be uh, interesting, to say the least. But thank you for saying that. I want to get to Bob Menendez. I just don't get it. This has been going on for eight years. He had an issue in 2015. 2017, they talked about that he was down in the Dominican Republic with underage hookers. That was the allegation. Now he's got cash and gold bars. I mean, when when is enough enough? This guy clearly is corrupt. He's got to go. You know, he's had this reputation for many, many years, since before he was even uh, in the United States Senate, that he was, quote, on the take. But he came from a political culture, Hudson County, uh, New Jersey, one party, Democratic uh, Party for, you know, for 100 years, came from a political culture where if you weren't on the take, you couldn't succeed. And he was just part of that culture. And so people overlooked it. Uh, But it's hard for him to explain with a straight face and to have people accept it. Uh, $500,000 in cash for an emergency? He's worried about the Cuban government confiscating assets in America? Come on. Uh, He's got 70,000 gold bars sitting around now. Some people have gold in their safes at home because it's a very safe investment, but those things are worth a lot of money. I mean, you may have some gold coins, but those bars are worth a lot of money. And, of course, they had the DNA on them uh, of one of his uh, one of his co-defendants. It's going to be difficult for him to explain. Um, what's, what's most remarkable to me, Sid, is that he got away the first time. Right. Uh, jury couldn't come to a decision. The judge threw half. Well, the judge threw half the case out. He said the government didn't prove the case. Sent the rest to the jury. The jury was hung. The judge declared a mistrial. All this happened under the Obama administration. By the time the mistrial was declared, uh, Trump was in office. Trump's DOJ said we're not going to retry him. Okay, you got a break, Bob. You should become a choir boy <laughs> right. for the rest yeah. of your life. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, well, gratitude for that break, and because you know they're going to be watching. Yeah, and he, they got him. But you know, years ago, that first time around, believe it or not, you know, the Democrats. One thing about Democrats is they don't break. I mean, I, I hate that party. I destroy that party every day. But they are a much tighter party than we are. Republicans, yes. Matt yes. Gates, right? But this time around, from Phil Murphy to Cory Booker to a chorus of about 25 or 30 Democrat politicians, they want him out. He had that support, That's, not this time around. No, he does not have that support this time around. And the reason is the numbers in the Senate. If New Jersey sends a Republican to the Senate for the first time in 52 years, that could ruin their majority. So they are terrified that Bob Menendez, who's still very popular with the rank and file, still very popular with the African-American community, the Hispanic community, uh, labor, blue-collar workers, lower-middle-class folks, if he should survive a primary challenge and be the Democratic nominee, Chuck Schumer and company are terrified New Jersey will send a moderate Republican. I don't know who, but a moderate Republican to the Senate, and that may very well take away their majority. That's the reason uh, that they're going after him like this. And I fully agree with you. The Democrats are far more united, far more uh, in lockstep, far more disciplined to defend each other than Republicans are. Uh, And this is another example of that discipline. The word came out from on high, Bob has to go. Phil Murphy burst the bubble. 
uh, Cory Booker continued it, and every single major Democrat in New Jersey and soon nationally uh, is going to co- is going to jump on board. I say soon nationally because today uh, Senator Menendez will address in private, in secret, all the other Democratic uh, senators uh, in the Senate. Uh, and something's going to come out of that meeting. I don't think he's going to announce that he's, he's going to resign. I know uh, Menendez. He's not the type to resign under any circumstances. No amount of pressure will get him to resign. Take that to the bank. But something's going to come of that yeah. meeting today, and I, I don't have my finger on the pulse. I mean, plus a resignation to me is, is an omission of guilt in, in some capacity. But I, I would ask you about the penalty. I mean, here's Donald Trump. We'll get to Trump in the Ford case momentarily. But we talk about all these indictments, the four of them, and very rarely do we discuss jail. I know you, you thought at one point, maybe you still do, that the second one, the fourth one may result in some jail time. But most people just talk about fines, his inability to run, that type of thing. With Menendez, right. the folks I'm talking to, they're saying, no, he's going to jail. Now, I know it's about 45 or 50 years if, in fact, they get everything. But there's not a person I haven't spoken to, which is anecdotal, but not a person I haven't spoken to that has not said to me he is going to jail. Your thoughts? He is going to jail, uh, Sid, if, he, if he's convicted. Listen, they can, he could pull a rabbit out of a hat. The, the government's uh, uh, witnesses no could chance. come off as not No chance. It doesn't no seem chance. like that's going to happen. Right. If he is convicted, he will go to jail uh, at age 69 or 70. For the rest of his life, you're probably talking 15 years in jail for this. The max is 45, 15 would probably be uh, about appropriate. Uh, It'll also depend upon whether he takes the stand. If he takes the stand and lies and is convicted, increase the time in jail. If he doesn't take the stand or if he takes the stand and doesn't lie, I don't know how he can take the stand and not lie. (laughs) What's he going to say on the stand? He's going to lie. He's going to lie. Of course he's going to lie. Come on, he's going to jail. So your friend Bill O'Reilly is coming up, and his uh, newest book in the Killing series, which is an amazing series, Killing the Witches, dates all the way back to the witch hunts in Salem and, and all those, and even moves to today. And clearly what's going on with Donald Trump is a modern-day witch hunt. There's no doubt about it. I had Joe Tacopina on the show yesterday, and he talked about this latest fraud case, and he said, Sid, the judge hates him. That's the bottom line. The fact is... Anybody who did business with Trump was made happy in the end. Some of these people made hundreds of millions of dollars in paid interest. Nobody complained. The banks are happy. The folks are happy in the real estate business. This is a judge who, in this case, as you know, Nap, is the judge and the jury. There is no jury. He hates Trump, and he has leveled Donald Trump here in some of the most unfair fashion. And, of course, he's got Letitia James on his side, too. Takapina O'Reilly said, we all agree, this is really the epitome of a witch hunt and, quite frankly, disgusting, and it could turn out to be very, very ugly for my friend Donald Trump. I agree with you on this. I agree with everything you said. Uh, said sometimes when I analyze the uh, Trump issues, I don't come down on your side and I say, look, there's a lot of evidence here. He's got to take it seriously. But I read that um, that opinion uh, that uh, Justice Engeron uh, wrote. It is dripping with bitterness, sarcasm, and hatred. In fact, I can go so far as to say I have never seen a printed, published judicial opinion dripping with such hatred, personal hatred for the defendant, wow. uh, as I saw in that in that opinion. 
Uh, I am sure that there's going to be some sort of a reversal of it. He should not have been the judge in this case. He should never be the judge in a case where he's the judge and the jury. New York has a system when you have these commercial disputes, there's no jury. The theory is you can get right to the chase and get to the bottom line quickly. Okay, they got right to the chase and to the bottom line quickly. They absolutely took everything away from him. He can't do business in the city anymore. The only issue remains is, do those names come off the buildings? Does he have to sell the buildings? And how much money does he have to cough up to the government? Cough up to the government. Sis, nobody lost a nickel. Take it to the bank. Nobody lost a nickel in all these deals with Trump. If he had screwed the banks, they would have sued him. He didn't screw them. They made money on him. So then how do his attorneys not win the appeal? And again, I, I know that this, this judge basically, does, you know, it's kind of silly, too. They, they keep at, uh, asking this other judge to accuse herself in uh, one of the indictments. Of course, that's never going to happen. But uh, if all this is true, and, and every smart person, including you, just said it again, like Takapina yesterday, that no one was hurt, everyone's happy, how did they not win the appeal? The uh, statute says... If a person consistently and persistently engages in bank fraud, that is misrepresenting the value of assets to a bank, even if nobody lost any money, the attorney general can sue. It's an old-fashioned statute that allows the attorney general to sue. It was written in an era when banks weren't as big and powerful as they are now, and they needed the protection of the attorney general to sue them against uh, unscrupulous borrowers who are taking their money. That is not the case now. If anything, it's the reverse. The banks are more powerful than the borrowers. They don't need the attorney general to come into the, uh, into the picture uh, for them. So the problem is that statute. That's what I'm worried about on the appeal. Uh, as much as I dislike and disagree with Letitia James, she is correctly employing that statute. The statute is bad because it doesn't require her to show any damages. If you were to ask Justice Engeron who was harmed by this, he couldn't answer it. Right. The answer is no one. No one. I got to tell you, this was a, an amazing appearance. I'm serious, Judge. What a terrific, terrific job. And this is why you're on every Thursday. You're a good man, but you're brilliant, too. So thank you so much for this today. We'll do it again next week. Thank you so much. Thank you for these Thursday mornings. It's often the highlight of my week. I love you, Sid. I love, love you, too. Thank you. That means a lot to me. That's my friend, Judge Andrew Napolitano. That was a smoke show right there. That was great. Great job, Andrew. Great job. Still to come. Oh, baby, two more hours. Nicole Maliotakis, the great Bill O'Reilly, and, yes, making his return, the mayor. Eric Adams coming up at 9.15. Keep it right here at Sid and Friends in the morning. Radio 77 WABC. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. For my friends. 77 WABC. Now, these Democrats who are saying this, they can't quite muster up the strength to put the blame where it lies.
which is at the feet of Democrats who are doing this deliberately. Instead, Mayor Adams blames, quote, that madman down in Texas, by which he means Greg Abbott. I have to admit, I was kind of offended he wasn't referring to me. But he blames Greg Abbott for putting a few thousand illegal immigrants on buses and sending them to New York City. The person who caused this crisis, his name is Joseph Robinette Biden, Jr. Well, you guys know I love Ted Cruz, but I'm going to stick up with the mayor here. I got to do it. Not because he's coming on at 915. Well, maybe that's true. Maybe it is mine. But while he did malign Greg Abbott, and I hated it, I hate when he goes uh, the whole racist nonsense, and I've told him that. He's been all over Joe Biden, too. So Ted Cruz needs to uh, check his facts. In fact, I uh, read something very recently in The Gothamist where Mayor Eric Adams actually does say Joe Biden's name, not just national government or federal government. So if you're going to be critical of Adams, and that's really fair, no one's been more critical than me outside of Curtis, at least I'll be honest. And the truth is Eric has been very critical of the president and the White House, above and beyond stupid things, like he says, like Greg Abbott. But uh, that was Ted Cruz. I do want to remind folks, and Nicole Maliotakis will appreciate this. She's a Staten Island girl. Coming up later on tonight, my man Curtis, congratulations. Lou Gellarmino, his uh, partner Mark, Johnny Tobacco, uh, I guess Scott Lobato, all the rebels on Staten Island got a huge win in court. Huge win in court. I had Lou Gellarmino on the show uh, yesterday morning. So tonight, rather than an angry rally, there's going to be a victory rally at St. John's Villa Academy, 6.30 tonight. Curtis Lee and the Rebels will be savoring and reveling their win just a couple of days ago. And I guess that's why Nicole Maliotakis is here this morning. Nicole, good morning. How are you? Good morning. Great to be with you again, Sid. Unfortunately, I'm in Washington, so I won't be able to join the victory rally, but really proud of our attorneys. Uh, as you mentioned, Mark Fonte and, and Lou Bellamino, who did an amazing job delivering us uh, a victory. And since you have the mayor coming on, you should ask him to not appeal the decision. I'll explain why. On one hand, the mayor is saying he's going to court. He wants to roll back right to shelter. Uh, he says that, right? But on the other hand, here's a victory, a judge's decision that tells him straight out, right to shelter is meant for New Yorkers, not for the migrants. You have no responsibility to do this. This is his out, right? This is what he claims he was looking for, and yet he's going to appeal the decision. Why? That's the question I would love for you to ask the mayor later on today. I asked that same question yesterday, and I will ask him that. It doesn't seem to make any sense. Like you said, he's looking to shed the whole right to shelter thing. He's got the out right here. I can only imagine he's going to say it because he's a good man and he's not inhumane. And if these people are going to come, he doesn't want to leave them in the streets like we do with Americans, which makes no sense, homeless veterans and others. I think that'll be his answer. He's going to come off like he's a very sensitive guy and he cares. But the truth is that's nonsense. You're right. He's got the out right now. Take advantage of it. Yeah, and, and if he, you know, I'd love for once that, you know, they care about the taxpayer, right? What about the citizen taxpayer who's struggling to put uh, a roof over their head, pay their rent, pay their mortgage, you're dealing with Biden inflation, they can't afford New York City, one of the most expensive cities, thanks to Democrat policies that have driven up the cost of everything, and the mayor thinks it's a good idea to give 30,000 rental vouchers to people who have crossed over our southern border last week, as opposed to helping 
New Yorkers. You're absolutely right. So, so New Yorkers should know that while you're struggling to pay your rent and mortgage, this mayor decided to give a voucher to give free rental free rentals for citizens of other countries. I mean, it's ludicrous. It's absolutely ludicrous, and it has to stop. And the third point is, because I'm sure he's going to say, well, Abbott is busing these people. That's about 13% of the people that have come to New York have been bused by Abbott. Others are coming from the Democrat El Paso mayor. Others are coming from non-government organizations that are funded by the government. Okay, um, Biden is flying them in. I mean, they're giving them literally a opportunity to fly to the city of their choice within New York, within the country. Uh, literally, that's what they're offering them. Um, so they can just fly direct from their home country to the city of their choice within the United States. And of mm. course, people are picking New York because the mayor is offering them free housing and free services. And and one last point I just want to point out this week, I was with a 95 year old veteran, Korean War veteran who was among the senior citizens who were forced to leave the Island Shores Assisted Living Facility. That facility was run by a nonprofit organization. They turned around after they kicked out these seniors, a couple of months later made a shady deal with the city to turn it into a migrant shelter. I've put in a freedom of information law request, should be getting it any day now to find out how much this lucrative deal was that, that they thought it was a good idea to kick out veterans, okay? World War II, Korean, Vietnam veterans. Shame on them, homes for, the ho- uh, ho- homes for the homeless, and the city of New York for allowing them to do that and incentivizing them to do it because this should have stayed in assisted living. The city could have helped us do that if they wanted to, but they chose to do something else instead. What was the uh, Supreme Court issue, too, Nicole, that you wanted to discuss this morning? I don't. I don't know. Oh, I thought there was something with the Supreme Court, and maybe uh, maybe it was um, delivered to me incorrectly. But I do want to move to the uh, to the Brooklyn Democrat uh, Democratic leader, Kings County, and uh, this person's name is Rodney's Boucher. I don't know this assemblywoman Flatbush, uh, but I've been made aware of it by our dear friend Curtis. Uh, she actually said, and I quote: "White neighbors, that's me, that's you." I guess you're not. You're Cuban and uh, Greek and all kinds of stuff. I'm white. White neighbors of ours in Brooklyn are not helping with the migrant crisis. And I would say to Rodney's, I'm white. It has nothing to do with race. I just don't want people in my neighborhood that haven't been vetted. See, that's the whole bottom line for me. It's just that they're not vetted. I don't care that they're here. And none of that stuff bothers me. But they're not vetted. She said, we're not shouldering our fair share. And she talks specifically about Manhattan Beach, in a Vernacorp is scared to death right now, Marine Park, and Bay Ridge. Do you think that Bay Ridge statement put a scare into Justin Brannan? Well, I'll tell you this. I mean, Justin Brannan, who is the chairman of the City Council Finance Committee, has been funding these migrant shelters. And he's actually came to Washington seeking more money from the federal government to to, how, to open up more encampments and more shelters. So Justin is part of the group who wants to see this crisis continue. That's why I'm supporting Ari Kagan against him. But this is the you just mentioned something really important about vetting. Um, and and yesterday I had a call with immigration officials, uh, and they've said that the city continues to deny every single detainer request that they put out there to remove criminals. Now, if the Biden administration is issuing a detainer request, open borders Biden issuing a detainer request, that means the person is really bad. They must have committed murder, rape, something, drug trafficking. They, they maybe in, they're wanted in their home country for one of those crimes. The bottom line is, is that the mayor's policy 
which he inherited. I give him, you know, a, a, give him a little bit of a, a break on that. He inherited from Bill de Blasio. He is tied, the NYPD's hands are tied from cooperating with any of these detainer requests. So not only are they not cooperating with those hardened criminals, but in addition to that, we've had dozens of arrests at the Roosevelt shelter. As a matter of fact, AOC was there with her little squad. An hour after they left, somebody was stabbed at the Roosevelt yep. Hotel. That's, you know, there are dozens of arrests. Those people still are there. So the mayor should be asked, why are we continuing to house these people in luxury hotels even after they commit crimes? Why are they not being removed from our city and our country? Um, and so, you know, you bring up a very good point. That's what people are concerned about. Vetting yesterday, by the way, a bipartisan opposition here in Washington. We 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 had a Councilwoman Joanne Ariola and the Democrat Assemblywoman Jamie Williams, who represent the Floyd Bennett Field area, coming here to testify against federal parks being used uh, as encampments. And of course, Alexandria Ocasio Cortez played the same card, the race card, uh, calling them anti you know immigrant, anti uh, minorities, which is ridiculous. Jamie Williams is an immigrant herself from Jamaica. By the way, so, it, it is ridiculous. That, right? It is ridiculous, and that's what AOC does. She's a bartender. That's all she is. But but I heard from somebody who we both know that even though, of course, I'm on the side of Joanne and Jamie, and I've rallied with both of those ladies, as, as Curtis has, that uh, AOC kind of kicked their ass. Is there any truth to that? No. AOC was... <laughs> AOC makes no sense. You know, she talks about Ellis Island, but when, when, when people came in through Ellis Island, they were quarantined. That's why they were kept on an island. Right now, the mayor's putting them in neighborhoods. And also, taxpayers are not responsible for providing free housing and, and, and put from, for people who came at that time during Ellis Island. So it's, it's very different. It's very different. And AOC, of course, um, you know, here's someone who always has everything backwards. I mean, just the other day, she was blaming the United States for the influx of Venezuelans because she claims the United States is the reason why Venezuela got destroyed, not the <laughs> socialist policies right. that she's trying to bring Idiot. to the United States, yeah, right? I mean, yeah. it's just she's always on the wrong side of everything. Her and her friends, a bunch of Jew haters and America haters. And, you know, if I'm Joe Crowley, I don't <laughs> I don't know. I can't look in the mirror every day knowing somehow this girl beat me. But at any rate, you continue to be one of our uh, big voices. And uh, as a proud Republican in Queens, I love you. I think you do a terrific job. Thank you for hopping on again this morning. And all those things you asked me, Nicole, I promise you, keep listening. I will ask the mayor coming up in about an hour, okay? All right. So don't let him give you a political answer. You, I know you, Sid. You're going to give him a hard time, and, I, and you're going to get the answer the New Yorkers deserve. Thanks, Sid. Thank you, Nicole. There she is. Uh, she's super, isn't she? Nicole Maliotakis, representing, of course, uh, both Staten Island and Brooklyn. And, yes, we are going to talk to the mayor coming up at 9.15. Not before, of course, it's Thursday. We talk to the great Bill O'Reilly, Killing the Witches, now out for two days sure he's probably sold a couple of million copies already he came on yesterday and talked about the book and it was it was a great conversation so o'reilly and the mayor still to come on the thursday edition of your favorite talk show in new york and the self-proclaimed best talk show anywhere in the country that's me sitting friends in the morning
Talk Radio 77 WABC. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. But you say he's just a friend. Oh, you're my best friend. 77 WABC. Boy. Your voice, however, I find is very soothing and very listenable, and you are the best in the business for a reason. Oh, my God. And you, and also, you have, like, uh, the tonality, uh, like, you know what you're getting right away. It's like, I'm Sid Rosenberg, I'm a New Yorker, and I'm going to give it to you straight, right? Like, that's what you're going to get. Level 42, 8.30, Bill O'Reilly, Mayor Eric Adams coming up. That was Kelly Rip on the show on Friday. I know you've heard it a thousand times, but, you know, I just got a text from a friend of mine. His name is Tim McCarthy. And uh, Timmy used to be the program director here at WABC. And then, of course, he's the guy that started, I told you this before, ESPN Radio here in New York. And he's a super guy. Now he works closely with my friend Scott Herman. I forgot what, what association they are, some broadcasting thing. It's a big deal. It's a very big deal. So he just sent me a text. Great show. Keep it up. Thank you, Timmy. Coming from you, that means a lot. But I screwed him. You know, the uh, 9-11, I was supposed to go to his golf tournament that day, but I was so tired because of the stupid giant cowboy game in the rain the night before, I couldn't make it. You know, Timmy doesn't care. So he said, uh, man... Great show, just keep it up. So when he said that, it reminded me, of course, of Kelly. But the only reason why I play these things, I don't need to play them. We know how good the show is, but I just wish we had a camera in here. I'm hoping to God that John Katsimatidis does two things. I'm hoping. A, puts this on an FM station. Let's buy ESPN's 98.7 and do that. And then uh, Samuel cast the show on TV. Some cable network, I don't care. Because sometimes the look that you'll get from my guys is priceless. So whenever I play somebody complimenting me, Lou Ruffino literally wants to kill himself. I don't understand it. We're friends for 25 years. He's admitted to me he's having more fun now than he ever had on Imus. He's had a rebirth in his career, which was dead. It was dead. W-O-R. 
with Len and Mike, it's over. Gnome too, all you bastards. You are finished. Over. Dead. And I brought you back. Now you're big stars again, getting awards tomorrow at a big breakfast. And yet, every time I play something complimentary of me, Lewis looks absolutely miserable. I don't think that's the word. Miserable. What word would you use? Then? I would say um, it's predictable. Uh huh. Um, but why does it bother you so much? Why does it bother you? Obsequious. I don't even know what that Why does it bother you so much? It doesn't bother Cause, me. Because now, because now, no, 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 it's okay, fine. Hey, no, you're Justin? I actually feel, I actually feel, yeah. uh-huh. um, uh, justify. I don't know if that's not the right word because I could predict when it's coming and now we're playing it. So I like, we're going to. You didn't know I was going to play it. Yes, you had I no did. idea, but I yes, looked at I your do. face again. Yes, I do. Okay, good. Well, here's another one. Play Michael Savage. I hope this one really sticks it up your ass. This was yesterday. Fine. Okay. I got to find it. Hang on. Right there. You know exactly where it is. You on the way in here, meaning, you know, I turned it on on ABC streaming. It's very exciting. You have a very natural flow. (laughs) You keep it moving, you know, even with all the ads in between, you can still hear shit. And you got a nice voice. You got an on air presence that comes across, Sid. And I know why you're successful. I mean, you relate to the audience, and they hear you. Well, I didn't say it. I didn't tell them to say that. Yeah, yeah and then you hear your your voice in the middle of the cut go, oh, my God. It's almost like you, you're getting your pants off right. in the middle of the cut. You've started having those orgasms on right the air. Right there. Yeah. And then you you do that thing where you look out the window, and you're like, this right, is really right. happening. Yeah. This is really happening. This is really happening. Right. Michael Savage is now <laughs> is now praising me. I mean, there's no limit right. to my powers. No, That's there's it. not, Louis. There's, there's, no. no, there's not. The the oh my god in the middle of the <laughs> Kelly bite. Oh, yeah. you, have, you have to play that. Yeah. You want to jump? You want to jump into <laughs> another one? Another one. You got to yeah. say oh my god. Just right. like gnome likes a rough. Yeah. <laughs> you you yeah, may as well have been rough. writing for the for the Metro paper <laughs> <laughs> about 13 months ago. You son of a bitch. Here's one more. As if Kelly Ripper, who's the queen of Daytime TV and Mike Savage, one of the all-time greats. I'm going to take it to the very, very top. How about President Donald Trump? We need you to win this. Not a bigger wow. supporter than me right here. And there's a lot of folks in New York City, President Trump, that love you still. I walk by your, your place of residence on Fifth Avenue almost every day. See your name all over the city. I know you live in South Florida, but you'll always be a great New Yorker to a lot of us here. So continued success. Please come back again. Because I want to help you get back to where you belong, Pennsylvania Avenue. Well, I appreciate it. And you are number one, and you're a great guy and a great friend. And just take care of yourself. And we'll speak to you again soon. Do you think I told President Trump to say you are number one? You think anybody could tell President Trump to say that? I never saw Justin's emails, so I don't know what could be contained. I have no idea. I might have snuck it on the top. I have no idea. There's things that go on behind the scenes that I I don't have to be uh, uh, knowledgeable about. I don't know. And Sid would appreciate it if you just at the end would say, you know, that's just just a little hint, you know, Mr. President. There's a way I could phrase it, too. Hey, we need it for promo material. It would really be helping out the station. And to play it every week. Right. Along with a bunch of other people that have praised Sid to no end. Right. Like, Do like, you know that there was a press conference? <laughs> like, when, like, like when we coerced Emmett Smith into doing it. But you'll sure. be the top. Don't worry, Mr. Brady. You'll Do you know the... that there was a press conference a couple of months ago when the mayor, who's about to join me coming up in about 40 minutes, Mayor Eric Adams, again, unprovoked. I, I hadn't spoken to him that day and, quite frankly, for a couple of weeks. And he was asked by some reporter 
Why would you, a Democrat mayor, buddy up to a Trump-supporting conservative, which every time they call me a conservative, I laugh. Like this asshole who writes for the Daily News, he calls me a conservative. Hey, moron, Chris, I'm pro-choice. Pro-choice. I'm pro-gay marriage. How am I conservative? That's okay. Let's go with it. How do you buddy up to a guy like that? And Eric Adams said, and I quote, he's my favorite talk show host. Now, I heard it, and it wasn't like I said to Alec, go, go. Well, did I? Did I actually tell you to go get that? No, you actually didn't. This well, is the first I'm hearing. It. Well, it's out there. Okay. Maybe I'll say it again today. But, I will add it to the list. But, uh, <laughs> oh, no. uh, today I'm dreading about Do what's you know going to come. That, I, can't uh, believe you didn't, I can't believe you didn't tell me about My that. next guest, he's who's, who's, at, he's who's the greatest TV news guy, radio, you name it. And I say this every week, and I mean it. Bill O'Reilly is the best ever. You know what Bill said about me. Nobody more authentic, nobody more genuine, number one, great, all those words. That was Bill O'Reilly. That wasn't. I, 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 you think I could tell Bill O'Reilly what to say about me? Are you nuts? <laughs> I think it's it's more my shock, probably at twenty five years now and counting, yeah. that this is this is what's occurring right now. Right. That sure. That we're well, we're, we're not sitting in the corner wearing a dunce cowboy hat, getting yelled at by Tim Russert and Don Imus. Okay, right. Well, you're you're going back to the real extreme. Remember those days? Yeah. Or he made me dress up as some cowgirl. <laughs> the hell was that? But go ahead. No, but I'm not even going back to those days. I'm going. Back, I'm going back to just knowing you this long. Yeah. And now you're more shocked than anybody, too. By the way, you are more shocked. Oh no. This is ha- one hundred percent. Yeah, where Bill O'Reilly is bringing you on stage, correct? In a month, and yeah. he, everybody is like, "Sid, you have the number one." This you have from Kelly Ripa, yeah. Michael Savage, uh, Trump. Uh, yes, I know yeah. Trump. Yeah. Yes, well, I haven't mind. forgotten. I won't. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Listen, listen. I, I am not that far removed from taking a phone call from a guy named Mike in Brooklyn who wants to know why the Mets can't get Greg Maddox for Joe McEwen. Sid, well, how is this lineup constructed? Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. I mean. It went on and on. Oh, no, don't cut me off. I want to make two points, right. and I got two questions. <laughs> oh, oh, First time, long time, God. and it would always be, well, this is the last time. Oh, no, 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 All no, no. right. Great show, Sid. I love the show. I love the show, Sid. I got three points. And there would go on forever. Whoa. Some were great. Listen, I miss uh, Doris from Regal Park, and I miss Jerome from the Bronx. Oh, and, come on. You know, oh, I know. I, I love those folks. It was so entertaining. Jerome? Oh, he was great. Okay. He once yelled at me and Jody. He said, and the Yankees are done. <laughs> D-O-E-N, done. I said, there you have it, folks. See, w- I, want not its best. I want Grippy. I want Grippy now, I want Grippy, and I want him clean up. <laughs> Those were the days. All right, we got Bill O'Reilly and Mayor Eric Adams coming up next. Talk Radio 77 WABC. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. Hey! 
They're very good. Witchy woman. Very good, Lewis. That's why the Rapinos, a Hall of Famer, needs to be at that breakfast tomorrow. Witchy woman killing the witches. Now out for two days. I think Bill's already sold five million copies. He was the best. He still is the best. He'll always be the best. Whether it's 9 p.m. weeknights on WABC or his own website, which is just killing it. Talking about millions of books. He's got millions of subscribers. That's BillOReilly.com. Great interviews, great TV show, great columns. Again, Killing the Witches, I believe, the 13th in that great series, out for two days now. And don't forget, folks, coming up October the 27th, and I'm honored to be a part of this, at the Paramount Theater, Huntington, Long Island, Bill O'Reilly and Sid Rosenberg. And, of course, it is uh, the name of the show, the very uh, good Billy Joel song, New York State of Mind, comes your way now in less than a month. Here he is, the best ever, Bill O'Reilly. Good morning, Bill. Hey, we're number five on Amazon, Sid. So I know after this interview we'll go to number one for killing the witches. <laughs> and the other headline is that I'm going to have an exorcism uh, on stage uh, at the Paramount Theater, and you're going to be the guy that's going to exercise. <laughs> I'm going to have six Jesuit priests around yeah. you and do what they do. Well, I mean, I mean, that was a fascinating conversation we had yesterday, and you talked about the movie The Exorcism and yeah. how it was not Linda Blair. It was a little boy, actually, and six people died. And, you know, dating all the way back to the Salem witch trials, to the witch hunts today, which include guys like you and Tucker, who were great together last night, Donald Trump. A fascinating conversation and, of course, a fascinating book. So congratulations. Well, I appreciate the uh, kind words, and, you know, Killing the Witches is a kind of book that you're going to learn a lot about your country, uh, but you'll also have fun doing it, and that's the key. So if you listen to Sid and Friends, I mean, the success formula is that it's entertaining, but you get information, you know, and that's, the, you know, if you can do that special sauce, as the cliche goes, <laughs> then you will, you'll succeed. And that's why The Killing Books is the number one nonfiction book series of all time. Nobody has ever sold more uh, nonfiction history books in this son of a format than me. Um, and I'm not bragging about it, but I, I do it in a methodical way. You know, the books, have they've tried to attack the books. They really can't. Because we research them so thoroughly. And, you know, when I put you on that Mayflower for that ride over to the New World, believe me, you do not want to be on that boat. Right. Um, right. And so there's a lot of correlations. And uh, I was happy to write about what's going on today with the uh, demonic possession and all that. Because it it's not covered by the media, but it's around. You, um, I want to get to what you talked about this morning, too, your morning message talking about the media. But I remember Lee Greenwood was in studio a couple of months ago. And, you know, he wrote that song. Everybody loves that song, the very patriotic song, the America song. And I said, um, what were you doing? How did it come to mind? He said, well, I was uh, literally sitting in my pickup truck, and I drove by a house with two American flags, and I wrote this song. Bono has been asked about uh, Angel of Harlem. Well, I was having... Uh, breakfast at a diner in Harlem, and, and, and on a napkin, literally on a napkin, I wrote the lyrics. So, what what do you do? How does how does the next killing book come to Bill O'Reilly? How does that happen? 
It's usually something that I, it catches my interest. So the reason I wrote Killing the Witches was because of the cancel culture today. It's as simple as that. So we, and I chronicle this in witches too. I mean, there are people being destroyed. Literally, their lives are being destroyed. They're not being executed, hanged from a tree like they did in 1692 in Salem, Massachusetts. They're not doing that. But they are destroying people's lives with this cancel culture stuff where all accusations are convictions. So I said, you know, I got to write something about lack of due process, about this hysteria, and it's politically driven, whereby in Salem it was religion and economic driven. Economic means that if you were a landowner accused of being a witch, they seized your land and house and everything else. All right. And divided it up. And those witch hunters made a lot of money out of this, and nobody knows that. And today, the far left, and it's not on the right. I looked and searched to see if there were any examples of cancel culture on the right, um, and you can't come up with them. You can come up with conspiracies. The right loves those. But you can't come up with these kinds of accusations that become convictions uh, and driven by these websites. Um, you know, you, did you see the uh, Carlson O'Reilly interview? Oh, I, I, I actually wanted to play a bunch of it, but I couldn't get it off of X, but I saw a ton of it, yes. Okay. So I thought. I, I, I love the part where the two of you guys sit down and break down the media. That's great. Okay. But I think we were fair in doing that. Would you dispute that? I, I got to tell you, it's funny you say that because you would think because both of you guys got screwed, both of you guys are part of that cancel culture you wrote this book about, that you guys were a bit over the top, maybe, both of you. And the truth is you were completely fair and completely right, both of you. Okay, so what's the headline in the Daily Mail this morning? Oh, God, tell me. Yeah. Carlson O'Reilly ripped Fox News. Oh come on! Yeah, you did. You, but, I you, but you, but I heard that it. That is the you, headline. But you, I, I heard it. You didn't do that. You didn't do no, that. Of course not. But they, they don't care. They don't care. You know who I ripped? CNN. Right. I ripped CNN. But the Daily Mail wants to hurt Fox News and me and Carlson. Jeez. So that's what they do. Hmm. And this kind of stuff takes a life of its own. And. It comes back to injure people. So we talked yesterday about the poor guy at ESPN. You know Mushnick. You know the guy yep. Yep. Who, who lost his whole life because he described Serena Williams' tactics in a tennis match as guerrilla tactics, which means hit and run. That's what it means. Okay? And then he gets fired because a New York Times stringer says, oh, the, the, he was referring to the animal gorilla. I mean, it's insane. There were two different spellings. He was referring to G-U-E gorilla, yeah. not G-O-R gorilla. And he, he ended up like you talked about yesterday. You're right. He had a heart attack. And no one ever apologized. We hired him. Nothing. Nothing. Nobody righted the wrong. No, they never nobody. do. They never do. But I tell and, you. And it, that's right. And so that that's why Witches takes on more of, a, of an important profile. It's a fun book. It's great for Halloween. You'll enjoy it. You'll learn a lot. But the subtle message in the book is we're living in a country that is once again participating in witch hunting. Yes, we are. And, and that brings me to Trump. Now, you've already written a great book about Trump. And, and I say this not because we're friends. We are. But I mean this. United States of Trump. That is the best Trump book you'll ever read. But but if by some crazy, crazy hypothetical uh, action here. Donald Trump is not able to run 
because of these indictments. And maybe there's a conviction or something. There's got to be the killing of Trump, no? I'll, I'll cross it. I'm writing something now about all the presidents that will come out this time next year before the vote. What do you mean all? You mean starting with George Washington right starting through? Starting with George. Wow, wow. And going right right up to Biden. Uh, you know, the, the opening line of the book, the next book, which will probably be the last book, is George Washington is mad at his mother. George Washington's <laughs> mother didn't like him. Yeah. He didn't like him. Yeah. Not like your mother. Right. She loves George me. had called his mother and said, hey, get on the phone. And said, friends, his mother would have said, blank you. I'm not getting on the phone. I don't like you. <laughs> Oh, well, I hope you add that in the book, that Naomi is all too willing to hop on. has become a cult hero just like you are, Bill. But, you know, when I think about uh, all the things we've talked about so far today, it is, it's very clear to me, Bill, that at the end of the day, you've done a deep dive on all this media stuff, and you've come to find it is what it is. <laughs> that was brilliant what I heard about an hour and a half ago. Thank brilliant. You. I'm so tired of that. You know, and one of the questions uh, that uh, – and, and by the way, if you want to watch the uh, Carlson O'Reilly interview, you go to BillOReilly.com. We have a little banner. All you got, I can even do this. You just click it on, and there it is. So you don't have to – you know, it's X, Twitter. I don't know what this world is. It just confuses me. I get a headache. The dog starts barking. <laughs> I, I don't know. But I made it so simple that anybody can see it on BillOReilly.com. But we were talking about uh, focusing, all right, that Americans are are now all over the place. And there are important things that are hurting us that we're not dealing with. And New York is a great example of that. I mean, to allow this migrant situation to get out of control the way it is, that it will affect every single person in New York because our taxes will go up, believe me. Everybody's going to pay more to support the hundreds of thousands of migrants. To allow this kind of stuff, all right, to just keep going on and going on and going on, all the drug addicts, all the homeless, all the fentanyl, and no one's doing anything about it. But if you go on television and radio with a solution, and that is my milieu, that is what I do, all right, you get attacked, personally attacked. They try to take you off the board. And... Sooner or later, they're going to be successful because there's no pushback on it. Nobody's protecting you. All right. I think I explained it pretty well in the interview last night that being on television and radio, and this includes you, and you know this, is like being in the NFL. (laughs) We have to beat the competition. Every day. All right. And if we don't beat the competition, we're cut. We're put on the disabled list. We're put on waivers. All right. But even if we do beat the competition, as you are now, all right, and I did for 20 years at Fox News, the corporations don't love us. They're not loyal to us, although I think Casamitidis as an owner, decent guy, is, is an exception to that. But I never felt that I had any backing at all, and I knew that sooner or later, you know, I was going to have to part ways. Because that's just corporate America. When Tom Brady left the New England Patriots, the entire organization changed. And when I left and Carlson left, the same thing happened. Now, some people say it's better. Some people, you know, hated me. No, God, no. Okay? 
but that's what it is. It, it, there's no loyalty. It's not like, oh, yeah, thanks for everything. And once in a while you'll get that, but not much. No, I, believe me, I know. Uh, I've been yeah, around. You've been in the business a yeah. long time. Yeah. And how many bodies have we seen? Oh, God, Bill. Uh, too many. Too yeah. many for my liking. And, and it's, it's brutal. It is brutal. It is. Because, as you said, the people that uh, support you, uh, they don't always. And the people that hate you, they always hate you. So you kind of wake up every day kind of ducking daggers and uh, just hope that the folks out there continue to enjoy it, do the best you can, and, and hopefully uh, build some revenue and, and end up still working. But it's not easy. You know, you mentioned the migrant crisis, and I've got the mayor coming up next who's an admitted fan of yours. So I used to watch Bill O'Reilly all the time. I love that. Uh, if you were doing this interview, as you've done with so many big-time people throughout your career, what would be the one thing you want Eric Adams to answer right off the top? Okay. So rather than give you a, a singular question, I'm, I'm going to – if I were interviewing Eric Adams, my contention would be – that he's handling the migrant and crime crises wrong. I'd come flat out and say that. It's not personal, by the way. It's like the Godfather. It's business, not personal, Sonny. <laughs> right. Well, he knows okay? that. He knows that. He's it's actually not personal. He, he's actually voiced some disappointment today because he thinks I've made made some of it personal, and maybe no, I have. No, I don't no, know. No, no, no. He, it, you, you haven't. And if you did, I would say it. Okay, thank you. Yeah, it's issue oriented, but right now it's not Adams's fault that hundreds of thousands of people are coming to New York City. It's Biden's fault. Correct. Okay, because Biden could stop it tomorrow with an executive order, and we've gone over that. So what Adams has to do to remain or to get credibility with the folks, and nobody likes this, even you know the liberals and the progressives, but nobody likes this, is say it's Biden's fault, and I want him to write an executive order to stop the asylum claims for six months and pound that. Pound it, pound it, pound it, because that is a solution. It's okay? a, it's and a great solution. Business, yeah. yep. If I'm Eric Adams, I'm throwing in with the cops. And I'm saying I want the cops to arrest all lawbreakers. You defecate on the street, you're in. And if we can't hold them because of the idiot legislature in Albany, it's on them. But the New York City police are going to enforce the law on the street. That's what Eric Adams should do. Get on the side of the people, not the political party. Be a populist. Koch knew that. Giuliani knew that. Okay? And that's the only solution here is for the mayor to make a strong stand on the side of the folks. I think you're right. And Look, he has, in his defense, come out uh, in a very recent article in The Gothamist, for example. He called out Biden by name, which he hadn't done for a long time. It was national government, federal no, government. He should be standing with, next to Curtis with a sign. <laughs> yeah, I agree. We, okay. keep say, we kept saying at all these rallies, why isn't Eric Adams here with us? He doesn't have to do that, but he has to get out there really strong. All right. The Gothamist isn't going to cut it with all due respect to the Gothamist. Agreed. OK, you got to get out there and be in your face 
and, and convince the people of New York that you're on their side. They don't want disorder. We have disorder in this city. The folks don't want it. Get on the side of the cops because they're the only ones who can stop it. Well said. Uh, you're spoiling me. That's two days in a row of brilliant radio. What am I going to do tomorrow? I don't know, Sid. Maybe uh, you and your mom can uh, <laughs> go down memory lane and tell us what you were like in fifth grade. Or All right. Alec, you know? Alec, book Naomi. Book her for uh, 8 o'clock tomorrow. Bill's got a good point. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Bill, I love you. You're the best. Really, congratulations on killing the witches. We'll do this again, and I'm really excited about October the 27th. Thank you so much. You're the All best. Right, it's going to be a lot of fun. We hope people – it's a big crowd already, but, you know, there are a few tickets left, so come see us. Thanks, Sid. Always fun. Always Appreciate fun it. for me, too. Right. I enjoyed it, too. That's the great Bill O'Reilly, nobody better. So smart, too. There are some tickets available. You can uh, purchase those right now. Very few tickets. A couple of front seats. BillOReilly.com, ParamountTheater.com. And uh, Ticketmaster, there you go. Friday night, October the 27th, Huntington, Long Island. Jim Brewer's old residency, the Paramount Theater. We done with our number three. What a show this has been. Jennifer Harrison, Curtis Sliwa. Judge Napolitano, Nicole Maliotakis, and Bill O'Reilly. Coming up in hour number four, making his return. You've heard about it for days now. It's here, the mayor of New York City, Eric Adams. Only right here on Sid and Friends in the Morning, exclusively. Talk Radio 77, WABC. Come on. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Entertaining and informative. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. Hey! I went to the back just now to grab some coffee. And I saw this very well dressed man. I mean, what a gorgeous guy. Like Charlton Heston, tan. Beautiful white hair, gorgeous, light-colored suit. You know, folks, they'll tell you you can't wear white pants, for example, this time of year. They know nothing about fashion. Nothing. Of course you can. The material sometimes has to change, but colors are good any time of the year. So when you see Joseph Abood this morning, it looks like an August outfit, but the material is not. He looks absolutely gorgeous. And I guess he's got something he wants to give me. He's very nice. And it's uh, something patriotic, which is even better. So whenever we're done with the mayor, Joe's going to stop in. It's been a while, just to say hello. But the mayor is coming up next. And I don't know anybody. (laughs) I don't know anybody that is not pulling over to the side of the road. Even in a vernacle just texted me. Councilwoman from Brooklyn and said, I freed my time for the next 30 minutes. Swear to God. I think everybody in this city is listening because... They know that even though Eric and I have forged a nice friendship at times, that this will be the most honest conversation you're going to get without disrespect. I'm not going to be disrespectful. I'm not going to yell at him and tell him he's got blood on his hands and all that's nonsense. Stupid. That's just stupid. It's bad radio. I've never done it. I never will. And I kind of like the guy to begin with. And secondly, he's in a difficult position, but clearly I have not been very happy with a lot of his decisions. And he's either going to say, well, you're right with some of them. I'll explain why I'm wrong. We'll see. So we'll take a quick break. And when we come back, 
for the first time in about two months, Mayor Eric Adams and Sid Rosenberg on 77 WABC. There's a flaw in the system and the fly in the ointments don't bring the whole thing down. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. Night 17 on your Thursday morning. Been a while. But uh, we've been texting now for the last couple of days, and he was um, actually looking forward to this. He was. So I compared it to Trump a couple of days ago. Trump will go on CNN. Trump will go on NBC, meet the press with Kirsten Welker, and Eric Adams will do the same. Joe and Mika, Sid Rosenberg. Couldn't be more different, but here he is making his return to the program. My friend, the mayor of New York City, Eric Adams. Mr. Mayor, good morning. How are you? Okay, quite well, quite well. This is not a return. I never went away. You know, uh, I, I enjoy all of the various communications, opinions, and thoughts uh, in this city, and it's part of the fabric of the city. There's nowhere I won't go in New York or nowhere I won't go in America. You know, every block I'm available to. And I'm sure you hear from both sides, right? I mean, there's people, Eric, that love you in this city. I know that. And there are people that uh, don't like you even a little in this city. But uh, right. you don't have an issue talking to either one of those folks, do you? No, so true. And listen, think about it for a moment. People are not saying, uh, I hate Eric Adams. They're saying the position that I have as mayor, just as when I was a police officer, people used to walk past me. Uh, they would say foul things, nasty things. Uh, you know, people hate the symbol of these positions that we have, you know, I'm just an everyday New Yorker, and you got to take the pros and cons. If you're the mayor of the city with 8.3 million people, 35 million opinions, you don't think people are going to like, dislike you, love, uh, adore you? It, you got to take it. It comes with the territory. And I know you mean that because I know whether you've been listening, which I know you do occasionally, or you're, you're, you're my friends or your friends. We've got the same friends, you know. And they come back to you and say, boy, Sid was a bit rough on you this morning. And I think you were a little put off. I think you were. I think uh, you felt a little bad that maybe you thought some of my attacks were personal. And they never are. I like you a lot. I mean, I think you're a terrific guy. I don't like everything going on in this city. But um, but I know some of these things do get back to you. So was there, at any point did you consider not coming on this morning? No, no, first of all, uh, there's never a time that you have said something, said, did something, or any other host uh, said or did something that I take it personal and Good. say that, hey, this is a personal attack. This, this, I cannot say it enough how this stuff does not bother me. I get up in the morning, I do the job for the city that I love, and there are people who are going to give you the finger and there's people who are going to give you a handshake. Right. This is the nature of the of, of the business. This is a complicated time in the city. And I just thank God I'm the mayor of the city right now because there are a few other folks who would have run for office. If they would have won, 
we would have been in a hell of a lot of trouble to make these difficult decisions that I have to make. You want to name some of those folks? <laughs> <laughs> I'll leave it alone. Okay. Uh, I do want to get to the President of the United States, uh, and, and I was guilty of this too. Just so you know, Eric, because you and I are friends, okay? So I'm going to be honest here. When I say yeah. people say, a lot of the times I'm part of those people. So I'm not removing myself. I don't want to be a coward here. When I say people right. say, oftentimes I'm one of them. And there was a while there where I was really angry that you weren't going after President Biden. In fact, I would say enough with the federal government, enough with the national government, hammer Biden. But, but, to your credit, and I just saw this a couple of days ago in the Gothamist, you have done that. You have come out and said President Joe Biden needs to do more. Now, he was here for the U.N. last week and never met with you. Is that the reason why? Is there truly a disconnect between Biden and Adams because you have been deservedly critical of the president? Well, think about this for a moment. When I say the national government, uh, we have governmental leaders that are there. And when you look at this problem of specifically, we're talking about the whole migration and immigration reform. There's been a failure on our national government. And if we point to just the president, we're giving everyone else an out. And I'm not going to do that. There's an obligation to come up with real immigration reform, not allow our city to go through this taxpayers' dollars being spent on something that the national government should go for. And so I point out that we want the president to do more on immediate things, like allowing us to have a state of emergency, uh, like uh, dealing with the course of this. There are things with this that are within his power, and there are things that are within Congress' power, and blocking blocking real immigration reform is more than the president. It is our national leaders. So you're calling, I guess, uh, Bayorkas, Kamala Harris. I know you've talked about Republicans, too, but the migrant crisis, as you know, Mr. Mayor, is not about immigration reform. Those are two different arguments. But you're calling all of these people to the carpet, yes? All of them. No, actually, it is. The, the migration is an immigration issue. We, we need real, true immigration reform of how we're going to allow people to cross our borders, how we're going to do a decompression strategy, how do we properly uh, vet to make sure who's coming into our country? This is a, a national, and really, to be honest with you, Sid, it's a global problem. I spoke with uh, uh, global leaders over the U UN General Assembly, and we are hearing across the globe how people are coming into cities from Belgium to Paris to Italy, uh, all over the globe, this shift is, is, is happening. And we need an international response and a, a response in our national government as well. Agreed. Mr. Uh, Mayor here, Eric Adams, there's also a rumor I've been hearing, and you can confirm it or deny it, that I know you've asked Biden for money about 40 times now, and he said no every time. But I've been told that he has already put it out there that he's always going to say no, that there's no money at least until after the 2024 election is over. Is there any truth to that rumor? Wait, I, I have not been told no by the White House. Uh, the problem is we need to get a, a, an answer, and I, no one has stated that anything is on pause until after okay. uh, the presidential race. We can't. We cannot wait until after uh, a race that happens next year to deal with 
of the relief that this city needs now. I'm, I'm elected to represent the city of New York and the people in this city, and I'm going to stay true uh, to the commitment I made when I ran for office. Uh, Mr. Mayor, I had Nicole Maliotakis on earlier. She, you know who she is, of course, Congresswoman out of Staten Island in Brooklyn. And she asked me a really good question, and she wanted me to pose it to you. So if it's okay with you, I'm going to play the question, because I think it's a question we've all asked, including me, and I look forward to hearing you answer it. You cool with that? Yep. All right, here's uh, Nicole Maliotakis just this morning. Since you have the mayor coming on, you should ask him to not appeal the decision. I'll explain why. On one hand, the mayor is saying he's going to court. He wants to roll back right to shelter. Uh, he says that, right? But on the other hand, here's a victory, a judge's decision that tells him straight out, right to shelter is meant for New Yorkers, not for the migrants. You have no responsibility to do this. This is his out, right? This is what he claims he was looking for, and yet he's going to appeal the decision. Why? It's a good question, Mr. Mayor. Why would you appeal a decision that seemingly is going your way? Well, well, first, uh, the even larger question is, uh, I know Nicole. Nicole knows me. She has my number. Instead of having to get on your station and ask that question, why not pick up the phone and call me and say, hey, Eric, um, what are you doing around this decision that the court made? Let's stop politically posturing when it comes down to saving our city. Nicole should be working with me to get Congress to get our resources that we need. And she should pick up the phone, like you do, and say, hey, Eric, what are your thoughts on this? How do we work, work together? So when she talk about appealing the decision, I don't believe the right to shelter applies to a migrant crisis. Our team is looking at exactly what we're going to do with the ruling, some of the stuff that the judge put in that ruling, like this is not a, an emergency. He stated that we created this emergency by allowing people to come in. Anyone knows that I cannot deny people from coming in. So we need to peel apart that entire ruling, the comments that he made, and make sure we don't allow them to stand. There are parts of the ruling we may, and that's may, agree with. We're going to examine that. That's what the corporate counsel job is, is to do. And so what I hope you do, Sid, and I'm going to do as I get up this call, I'm going to text Nicole, and I say, in the future, Nicole, we served together in Albany. I've been on Staten Island more than probably any other man in history. You see me all the time. You don't have to use Sid as the ambassador. Speak to me directly. That's fair, and I think she would look forward to doing that. So now that you brought that up, Eric, <laughs> I've got another local politician who would love to talk to you. And you know her, too. Her name is Inna Vernikoff. She's in Brooklyn, represents the areas that I grew up in that you know very, very well. We've dined in those areas, you and I together, pal. And uh, she is scared to death that you are you. The city is sending migrants to Manhattan Beach. And she said to me, she said, don't let the mayor give out the old answer. Well, they're going to go everywhere. Everyone's going to be impacted. Get the real answer. So you you, you address Nicole Maliotakis. What about Inna? Should she be nervous that migrants are heading to Manhattan Beach? Well, well, first of all, you know, I did not know you moved from a radio station host uh, to the communicator of these elected <laughs> officials. I'm doing... you know, come on. Whatever, whatever, whatever happened to good old-fashioned elected officials that talk to each other? They, you don't govern through tweet. You govern by walking the street. You know, it's, it's not Facebook. It's face-to-face -face interaction. 
it's time for our government officials to really start realizing they are elected not to be activists, but to govern the complexities of the city. Well, let me ask you a question, and though. But, but hold on. If Nicole, if Nicole and or Inna, if Nicole and or Inna, for example, okay, because I agree with you. I think it's great. They should. And, and by the way, anytime I have a question for you, you always get right back to me. So you're a man of your exactly. word. But if those people reached out to you, you can get right back to them? You're going to talk to them? Heck yes. There's no, there is no ele- elected official in this city that states, I shot Eric a text. Or I called Eric, and Eric did not get back to me. No one can say that. You know, they, people walk down the street, Sid, and my staff gets uh, infuriated that I give people my personal uh, cell number. They say, call me so that I can find out what your issue is. Yep. You know what? No, no I, want to, I want to answer the, uh, the councilwoman's question, but I want to tell you something. You know the biggest problem people are having in this city? They're so used to um, BS elected officials throughout history that they don't know they have a blue collar mayor. They have a they have a mayor that has gone through the betrayal of these city agencies and government. You know, eighty five percent over eighty over eighty percent of my uh civil service got their contract settled with ninety something percent ratification. You know, I'm for, I'm fighting for working class people. And so since people are not used to that all of a sudden, they say, well, okay, he's just as, as BS as everyone else. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. I'm fighting for working-class New Yorkers. And so to the council person saying, uh, tell Eric, we don't want uh, migrants, asylum seekers to go here. They're going everywhere in the city, don't it? I mean, when are they going to get through to people that we're getting 10000 a month, that we have over 120000 here? So if one council person said, don't put it in my district, then what are they saying? Put it in another person's district? We're all in this together, folks. So y'all can yell. You can protest. You can call me name. You can call me the bald-headed, earring-wearing mayor. Call me whatever you want. I got to govern this city, and I'm going to govern this city, and I'm going to navigate us through this just as I navigated us through COVID, through crime, through economic challenges. I'm going to navigate us through this mess we're in. And every elected official in this city needs to stand up and say, we're going to stand with you, Eric, to make sure Washington get us the resources and stop this from happening to New York City taxpayers. Last one, because I want to get to some other stuff, some good stuff you're doing, by the way, the housing address and uh, some bad stuff, like Target leaving. Uh, last one on this. A lot of your critics say the same thing. Mayor Eric Adams now is frustrated. He's angry. You know, he can't handle the situation. Who could? Okay. But he was the same guy, Mayor Eric Adams, who was yelling and screaming, hey, we're a sanctuary city. Come on, come all. He was the same guy that when the buses first got here was right there online shaking the hands of these people. He's the same guy that is putting these people in four-star hotels. Why are there still hundreds of people sleeping outside the Roosevelt Hotel, some of our finest establishments? He's that guy. So, okay, he's upset now. Where was that Eric Adams a year ago? What would you say to that? Well, first, let's be clear on something. I'm passionate, and I find it, I find it disrespectful Whenever someone shows passion, it doesn't have to be me or anyone else, that all of a sudden is angry. I'm passionate. I'm a passionate New Yorker. I have a New York attitude. You know, you try getting on the train and steal someone's seat on the train. You want to see passion, you may call it anger. No, this is how New Yorkers talk. <laughs> I don't know what's wrong with people. I'm not robotic. I'm not going to try to be so philosophical and theoretical. 
I'm a I'm a an opinionated, passionate New Yorker. That's it. If something pisses me off, I'm gonna let you know. And I'm not gonna live with it. You don't see me walking around upset all the time. I enjoy being mayor fighting on behalf of working class people, but I'm going to express it the way I express myself. I'm not going to, I'm not going to fit in the box. What I did is what all of us have we have all done in this city. There's a reason the Statue of Liberty, folks, sits in our harbor. I don't care if you came from Irish ancestry, if you came from Italian, if you came from Greece, if you came from the Caribbean, if you came from Africa. All of us wanted an opportunity to pursue the American dream. And I said I'm not going to treat people in an undignified way. When early groups came here, they had the right to work and to participate in the American dream. Yeah, but, but in all fairness, and but, what, but Mr. Mayor, in all fairness, those people did it legally. They were vetted. What's going on here is ridiculous. These people, I mean, my kids can't go into school without showing a proof of vaccination. You got little kids, God bless them, not their fault, showing up in schools all over the city who have not been tested for anything. So you can't compare what happened at Ellis Island, Eric, to what's going on right now. This is insane. No, I disagree with you, Sid. I disagree a lot. Listen, the children who showed up in our school, the law and the rules require and within 30 days they have to get vaccinated if they're coming, if they meet the status that you're just talking about. Okay. Let's be clear on this. Let's be clear on this. I can't stop people from crossing the border, and I do not have the authorization to deport people. That is not within my powers as a mayor. What I must do is whoever come to this city, I must ensure that they treat it with the dignity and respect that our ancestors were treated with. That's what I must do. And so when people came here at the same time, I never said, come one, come all. People t- attempted to give that impression. That has never been my impression. We, Our hearts are big, but our resources are not endless. And I made that clear a year ago, stated this should not be happening to New York City. How people try to interpret that and spin that, that is not the reality. This has never been something that I advocated for. New York City taxpayers are going through enough already. I have my own crisis that I must deal with, homelessness, educating our children, dealing with these issues. But I'm not going to treat those who came here like our ancestors did in a disrespectful manner with children are being treated unfairly. All right, let's move to a different topic. I think uh, you did a very good job of explaining the last one. Uh, I want to get to uh, Target, and uh, it turns out that they're leaving. And you know, Mr. Mayor, we can't afford that. We can't. We need big business here. We need big names here in New York. And the fact that they can't survive, just like it's going on in San Francisco, Los Angeles, because people walk in and rob stuff every day, I mean, come on, man. That is unbelievable. That's ridiculous. On top of that, you got in the Bronx, you got daycare centers now posing with their, you know, they, they've got fentanyl drug dealers in there and they're making, uh, you know, these guns, which you talked about with Caban yesterday. What the hell is going on in this city that Target is leaving and our daycares are not really daycares. Instead, they're criminal operations. Well, I think we, we should peel back each one of those pieces. First, let's deal with uh, Target. Uh, we're seeing a decrease in shoplifting. I'm a big believer. These habitual shoplifters who are being arrested over and over, we need to ensure that they're prosecuted. Our job is to make the arrest. You know, our laws must reflect uh, how we deal with these habitual shoplifters. That's a real problem. Uh, Deputy Mayor Banks, 
brought together a large number of retailers, uh, uh, prosecutors, the law enforcement, so that we can zero in on it. I believe we're seeing some good results. We have some more things that we want to do to move further. But let's be let's see. Let's be honest with this. I want all your listeners, you know, that are part of the I Hate Eric Adams Club. I want them to go Google other cities. Go look at what's happening in other cities in this country. And then look at what's happening in New York. This city has come back. 99% of the jobs we lost, we have back. 65 million tourists is coming back to the city with predict for this year. We have a double A bond rating. Homicides are down. Shootings are down. Five of the major crime categories are down. You don't see tents all over our cities and, and encampments all over our city. Subway riders are back. We have reached our height again, 3.6, 3.8 million riders, capping out at 4 million. People are back in their office spaces. Major corporations are coming and opening uh, in the city. Amazon just opened a major uh, headquarters here. This city is humming. And so people who want to wake up every day praying that Eric Adams, the pilot, fails and crashes, you better wake up, man. You're a passenger on this plane called NYC. You better hope I land this damn plane and stop hoping and praying that I fail. The city is back. We're resilient. No matter how many things that have been thrown at us, from COVID to crime to migrant, we continue to thrive, not just survive. I know how well we're doing as a city because I have a damn good team that is fighting for New Yorkers every day. I do want to get to uh, the housing uh, address. I like this. I was talking to Fabian Levy about this yesterday, uh, providing housing really in every borough all over New York for folks. I don't know exactly, uh, Eric, when this is going to start, but I think it's uh, it's a great initiative. Tell the folks about that. Yeah, it's what we're doing. We Listen, we've had housing laws that prevented us from building housing. Uh, uh, Dan Garodnik, who's in charge of city planning, Deputy Mayor Maria Torres Springer and their team, they said enough already. We need more housing. We have an inventory problem. Our city has grown because of the popularity of being in New York. Our city has grown, and it is amazing that people want to be here, but we don't have enough housing for it. Your son is going to grow up, and he's going to have to leave the city because we don't have enough affordable housing for him. So our plan rolled out a citywide housing uh, zoning changes. We can convert office spaces to housing. Uh, we can build on larger on footprints of housing, build, build on top of stores and other areas. There was so much restriction during the 60s that prevented new housing that we are reexamining all of that and say we have to build more so we can allow children and families, our, our seniors to age in place, People want to be here in the city, and that's what this plan is about, and we're excited about it. We're going to need the city council to help us. We spoke with the uh, speaker who has been excited about looking at housing, and we're hoping they will they will line up with us on this important issue of making the city more affordable. If you don't have the stock, then people supply and demand. People could charge more when you don't have enough of the supply, so right. we have to put more of the supply. Right. Last one, like two minutes, we'll let you go. And this is a really a great job, Mr. Mayor, great job. Uh, you talked about other cities, and, you know, you know what people are going to say. We don't care about other cities, Eric. We pay the highest taxes here. I don't care what's going on in Philly or Los Angeles or Atlanta or Chicago. I care about here. So don't bring up other cities. I want to hear what's going on here. But uh, on, a, on a second note on that, crime, 
uh, whenever I talk to anybody in your administration, they tell me crime is down in all these categories, and I believe them. I'm, I'm not one to argue. But then I speak to other people who go, oh, hold on, Sid. Cops are not making arrests. They're just not doing it. No qualified immunity. Uh, you know, they, they, they've made the cops, and you're a former cop yourself, Mr. Mayor. They've made the cops feel like crap in this city. And if the numbers are down, it's because the truth is the numbers aren't correct. The cops are just not arresting enough people, and you see these stories all the time. Slashings on the subways, Target closing down, daycare centers led by drug runners and gun makers. So is really is crime really down? And people seem to be a little pessimistic about that, Mr. Mayor. Okay, but first of all, anytime somebody says you can't compare yourself to other city cities, that's silly. Um, how, you have to compare yourself to certain groups to make a determination how well you're doing. It doesn't mean uh, that if some if the city is out of control, that all of a sudden you can say, well, okay, at least our city's not out of control. No, what I'm saying to people, go look at what's happening in other cities and then look at this city as it continues to thrive out of COVID. A lot of people don't recall what we were like. The city was shut down over yes. COVID. There was uncertainty in our economic recovery. We got a double A bond rating from an AA minus because people saw how this team has managed this city. So we're not going, going to rest. We're going to continue to move, push forward because that's who we are as New Yorkers. But when you say, when you hear people talk about, uh, well, you know, a crime is not really down because we read a story uh, that someone was slashed uh, in their face and we now the city's out of control. Look, stop, folks, stop. You know, go go to Times Square on any night and you want to see the humming in the city. Go go into your own communities. People are back out on the streets. People are back on the subway system. You're seeing this city recover. I know sometimes it's better to deal with the emotions of how terrible life is, but life isn't terrible in New York. Get over it. Stop seeing the way you felt and start opening your eyes to the way you feel. The city is back. I know it's back. I see it every day as I move through the city. I'm up at 5 a.m. through the city throughout the entire evening. You and I, when we went out to eat, that restaurant was humming. Yep. You, sure. you, you know the city. Yeah. The city is. Hey, look, is and, and I got news for you, Eric, too. When, when I joined you on those Wednesday nights and we were feeding right. the homeless, the city was humming. Right. Right. And even the people who were on the line. And I'm glad you raised that. I'm glad you raised that, city. You know, that night when you and I were out feeding hundreds of New Yorkers, not all of them were homeless. Some of them were just struggling, New Yorkers. Right. You know, we, we need to start asking people who sit at home in their pajamas, under their cover, criticizing everyone, we need to start asking, what are you doing to help people? What are, what are you doing to go out and help people who are homeless, to help people who are in senior centers who are dealing with loneliness? What are you doing uh, when you go to, um, when you finish your, uh, you know, having your drink somewhere? What are you doing? Too many people are complaining about what people who are on the ground working are doing, that they're not doing anything. Doing something is not that you crafted a nice a tweet somewhere. What are, what are you doing every day? Like the way you volunteer, the way you go out and help different organizations, what are all of these other folks doing? That's the question we need to start asking. We're not holding people accountable for what they are doing. Michael Jackson said it best. 
look at the man and the woman in the mirror and ask, what are you doing to help the city that you love instead of just trying to hurt the city that we all love? One of my favorite Michael Jackson songs, Man in the Mirror. Hey, uh, (laughs) Mr. Mayor, thank you for uh, coming back today. I threw a whole lot at you, and I thought you were great. And whether people agree or disagree, it doesn't matter. Uh, You showed up, and you answered everything like a gentleman. And you know I'm rooting for you. I wish you the best of luck. I like you. I think you're a terrific guy. I do. And we may disagree on some of the policies and some of the things you have done. But uh, believe me when I tell you, I'm not rooting for the plane to crash. I want you to land safely. <laughs> and I look forward to our next dinner together. Okay, buddy? Thank you for hopping on yes. today. Yes. Say, hello to, say hello to your great son and daughter for me. I will. Thank you. You too. Appreciate you. Too. you. All Take right, care. Mr. Mayor, you too. Thank you very much. There he is, ladies and gentlemen. We report you decide... Mr. Mayor Eric Adams. I'll be right back. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Sit in friends in the morning. 77 WABC. My phone is blowing up. I can't. I love this song in a New York minute. What a great song, Don Henley in a New York minute. After the mayor, my phone is blowing up. I mean, it it has not stopped. Message after message after message after message. And um, the consensus, and don't ever say general consensus. I always taught me that, Joe, because consensus is general in nature. The consensus is it was a great interview, but Eric Adams is full of bullshizzle. Oh, my God, this is beautiful. Is this a blanket? It's it's an American flag made out of all of my suiting fabrics. And there's only three of those in the world. But those, is it a blanket? You can use it as a throw. You can put it as a decorative piece. But oh. o- open it up and look at it. Just Okay. Can you open it because I can't? Yeah, sure. I'm here by the microphone. Oh, sure. Yeah. Who so, has the other two? <laughs> yeah. By the, the way, you, look, you not... look gorgeous today, Joseph. That is some. Oh, my God. Look at this. Now, so this is this is the Joseph Aboud material. Yeah. You have the stars. It's, 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 the, it's an American flag. Made out of all my suiting fabric. Wow. And, and you only made three of these? Of this particular one, only three, and I wanted you to have Who them. were the other two that got it? Robert uh, Kraft I and Tom no, Brady? No, more gosh, you're para. The other two are at home. But They're at I home? Wanted you, I wanted you to have this one. You're not going to give it to, like, David Ortiz? No, or? well, maybe, maybe. <laughs> yeah, no, I, ma. No, ma. That is ago, gorgeous. A couple of weeks ago, you were talking about someone making an American flag. He was in here, the guy. He made two, one for me and one yeah. for my mom. A beautiful. Yeah. Oh, it's wood, though. Yeah. But this is this is really a decorative piece, but oh, it's, it's really gorgeous. where fashion and politics embrace. Because just as this flag is made up of so many different fabrics from Italy, from Spain, from... Uh, France, that's what this country's all about. And, you know, we talk about when the mayor was on, and I know you did. Lebanon. No fabrics. But, you know, it's interesting. We talk about retail. Retail is in, is in dire straits. When you lose a Target, when you lose stores like that, when customers are afraid to go into shops. But what no one talks about is the people working in the stores, yeah. which is really difficult for them yeah. because a lot of people now don't want to work yeah. at retail. And this city thrives on fashion. And less crime is killing us. It's, it's killing us. You know, it's walked, killing retail. I walked to, uh, I had to pick up something from Corey Zelnick's office a yep. couple of weeks ago. Yeah, where my store was. It's still vacant. It's Think about 49th and Madison, around the corner from Saks Fifth Avenue. A, first of all, a fabulous building, a fabulous location. Four years later, three and a half years later, that space that, that tells you about retail in New York. So as much as I, I hope the mayor is grasping the, the severity of this, 
I don't see any results. And so you're not buying into the city is back? I, no, not at all. Not I, at all? No, no. I am not buying back into that because I think the crime issue, the cost. I tried to cross town today, trying to cross town. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, it's, it's insane. The city needs revitalization. But it really needs to move much more quickly. Yeah. Why are you still here? You have like a lot of money, and you no, can, you can go I to mean, Florida, or no, Boston. No, I'm all I mean, over you the live place. In Westchester, yeah, it's gorgeous. No, no, it's yeah. By the way, this great article here. That now I've seen you in a. Oh, now this magazine does West, a lot on you. Yeah, Westchester magazine is great, but so it's a, your uh, local magazine. Yeah, well, it's Westchester, which oh, is look great. How handsome. Is that your house? Yeah. And look at that beautiful. Now, what kind of tree is that with the red? That's a uh, maple. But uh, there's an gorgeous. eight-page spread. They did a great job. There's a little sneak preview of a new collection coming out. Yeah, I'm going to let you. We don't have time to talk about it today. But you Let's, did tease last time that you're coming back. You well, said you so, were coming back. So I want you to, when you get a chance and you are so busy, just peruse I'll that. read it today. Yeah, and take a look at it. And so then I'll come back. Tell next, me that you're coming back? I'm all, like, I've never gone. Right. You know, it's yeah. just, you know, like yeah. I, I said in this article, you don't retire from who you are. You just, you will never not be Sid Rosenberg. Right. And I'll never not be Joseph Abood. I mean, that's just... That's the passion we have. Well, especially what we do. you. You happen to be the best ever at your well, profession. So. Well, I mean, it's not even close. And, you know, I think, you, you know. You look at the stores now. I don't like anything. Well, here's the other thing, too. I mean, I think, okay, we we joke about it. You used to talk about who's playing second base for uh, for the Kansas City Royals. Right. Now, well, I have Trump on hold. Put him on hold because <laughs> I've got Springsteen. And tell him we'll do it tomorrow. There's, yeah. a, there's shades of Imus going on around know, here. And I Lou know. knows what I talk about. But you made well. reference to that. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm told that almost every day, now, except people say, I like you and I hated him. Well, you are a kinder, nicer person. Right. Let's yeah. be honest. Yeah. I mean, he was he was brutal on occasion. So. On occasion? Yeah. You, you gave him all that money. Oh, that. you know, it was all part uh, yeah. of the game. But, <laughs> yeah. but look at you know, look at the legacy, you know. And uh, yeah. but I, I really wanted you to have this because you. it is made by it's made in America, made by American workers at the factory that made all of my clothes in, in uh, Massachusetts. In Massachusetts, beautiful place. Now, when I, uh, October fifth, we're doing a remembrance for Bernard. Yes, that's one year to the day he oh died. Oh my God, I know. And uh, I want you to be a part of that. So yeah, make uh, sure you hear October fifth. I will. We'll we'll figure that it's out like next week. So yeah. And I and I just wanted to drop by. I know you had a busy schedule, but well, I really you. wanted you to have this. It's gorgeous. And it I really love. Is. And by the way, Danielle's gonna sh- love it too. There should be a reality show on behind the scenes between Matt and, yeah. and Lou yeah. and Justin. And yeah. this is an amazing place. You know, yeah. Curtis is frantically writing out notes. And yeah. I know I this is uh, these days I'm supposed to use this word. I, I get it. I guess, don't even bother texting me. I don't care. They're all retarded. All of them. <laughs> I mean, this is a collection of freaks like that movie with, uh, what was it, when they took the kids to a Yankee Stadium, all the adults? Oh, you know? I remember that. Yeah. I, I, yeah, yeah. You having but, fun, Joe? I'm, you know, I'm having a great time. But, but here's the thing. It's the energy level yeah. is fabulous. Well, that's all to me, Joe. <laughs> well, 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 we know that. Yeah, don't I mean, don't I mean, get crazy. We no. don't need to tell you that because you're going to tell us. Uh, no, I'm not going to tell uh, you. No. Kelly Ripper's going to tell you. Or Michael Savage. That's right. Or, that's right. Trump, or King or Charles. All right. Whatever. <laughs> we got to go. I love I, you. Thank I love you. you. This is gorgeous. Yeah, take, and it's special. Thank you. You're love special. You. Love I love you. Thanks. Joseph Abud, everybody. Lou Rapino, Justin Alec, Noam Laden. We'll all be back tomorrow. Enjoy your Thursday, folks, until 6 a.m. tomorrow. Peace!